Can we just wrap up 2022 already? Live from New York City this morning. Good morning, good morning. Three-day losing streak on the S&P 500. Trying to bounce back. The countdown to the open starts right now. Everything you need to get set for the start of U.S. trading. This is Bloomberg The Open with Jonathan Farrow. Live from New York City, we begin with the big issue. Looking out to 2023, Twitter might be looking for new leadership. Mike Wilson thinks we're facing a major profit drop as investors obsess over the timing of one thing. Recession. 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 Data are suggesting that a global recession is likely into 2023. The most forecast recession ever. General consensus is for a mild recession. The Fed is still avoiding the R word. They've lowered their GDP to 0.5. That's as close to a recession as they ever get. A 4.6% unemployment rate projected for next year with no cuts. 4.6 would be a recession. We've got 75 basis points worth of hikes left in the dot plot. They will likely engineer recessions. That will be needed to bring inflation back to 2%. The labor market will be crucial. It all comes down to inflation. It's all about whether the market can sort of look through the, the valley of uh, weakening earnings. We're bracing ourselves. Yes, it's going to slow, but who knows when. Who knows when? Let's have that discussion right now with Flowbank's SD Twerk, Matt Miskin of John Hancock. SD, first to you. Here's a refreshing take. Do you think growth can hold up next year? <laughs> well, uh, not necessarily if the latest dot plot materializes and we get another 75 basis points of hikes uh, next year that the market doesn't believe is going to materialize. But we are starting from uh, a higher level than expected. The jobs market is softening but still holding up a little bit. Uh, corporate and consumer balance sheets are in better health. So uh, I think a deep and long recession is not the base case scenario. Now, can it hold up enough to have no negative growth? Uh, that's the big question. But um, it maybe it won't be as negative as what the consensus is looking for today. Matt Miskin, do you agree? We actually see downside risk to the outlook <clears throat> into 2023. The central banks are tightening. That is going to be the number one driver of macro next year, in our view, with a lagged impact. And now it's it's more synchronized. So the ECB last week, you were talking about this morning, John, that was the shocker to me, just how hawkish Lagarde has gotten. And it's like the, the shootout last night, you know, or yesterday, sorry, in terms of the, you know, the game yesterday that was just amazing. But, you know, in terms of Argentina taking those shots, it's just you don't have to put a lot on the ball right now. You just got to get in the net. Couple even rate hikes at 25 basis points into 2023, we think is going to bring down inflation for the Fed and, and is going to actually disappoint or, well, it's going to be beneficial, but it's going to go on the downside in our view into 2023. Matt, don't encourage me. We'll talk about the World Cup all day otherwise. Let's focus <laughs> on the Fed. The Federal Reserve is saying no cuts in 23. Matt, you're calling for cuts. Why are they wrong? Because if you look at inflation right now and the comps we're going to go against. So this time last year is when inflation really went parabolic. And then you had the Russia-Ukraine war where oil prices, gas prices really rose. That's the comps we're going to be going against. 
in the, in the first quarter. If inflation rises like it did over last month, 0.1% month over month, and you do the calculation and you bring that into next year, we are sub 2% on headline inflation in June of 2023. Bespoke Investment Group did a great chart on this on Twitter. I, I think it's just some of the best research that's out there. And it's not being priced in. It's not being talked about. And if that materializes, the Fed is way off sides. That's the growth uh, we off sides, But we won't do that, John. That's but the, that's another thing that could really bring markets to change tune into 2023. That's the CPI outlook rather, Matt. Can we talk about the growth outlook? Jobless claims were at 211, Matt. 211,000 Thursday morning. Matt, what are the signs that you think we're heading into recession here? When jobless claims go up, it's a great coincident indicator. But when that goes up, it's too late. The Fed is already going to be behind the curve on that pace. And right now we're starting to hear the layoff announcements are coming in. The Challenger job, Christmas, job, the jobs data coming out is, is showing that layoff announcements are picking up. But it, you're right. It hasn't shown up week over week. We don't think we're in a recession yet. But we do see that coming soon into 2023 in the first couple months. And when that happens, the Fed's going to have to pivot real fast. Esty, why do you think Matt might be wrong? Well, I agree that inflation is going to come down faster than what the Fed is pricing in. Uh, we are seeing job openings start to soften. I agree that the layoff announcements are going to keep coming, uh, and that is just going to deteriorate into next year. I think there are a lot of other factors, including the excess savings, including healthier balance sheets, uh, pretty much across the board, that are going to help uh, hold up a little bit better than, than this big recession that Matt is talking about. Uh, but we, we still don't know how many lag effects we're going to have from all the rate hikes of 2022. So I think that's also why I don't expect the Fed to hike as much as what they're trying to tell us today. We're getting to a very tough period for the Fed where they don't want to keep hiking so much because they know they're going to have lagged effects. They see these layoff announcements as well. Um, on inflation, they don't seem to want to admit that they're, they're going to start seeing it soon as well. But at the same time, those financial conditions, anytime the market starts to think about a pause, they're loosening and they need to keep those financial conditions tight and they need to make sure they find a way to convince the market that a pause is still restrictive policy and that they're not close to a pivot. And that's going to be a very difficult messaging balancing act and they haven't seemed to found that yet. So Esty, this is the call on the economy, on the Fed. Give me your call on the market. Well, for the market, I think the beginning of the year stays complicated. Every time we've rallied, we've had another central bank scare us. In this case, it was the ECB, uh, not the one everyone thought would be uh, the hawkish surprise of December. Um, the markets are really struggling to get above this 4,100 level on the S&P 500. And there are a lot of question marks about earnings expectations. Earnings expectations are pretty much all over the map for next year, anywhere from you know, 230 to 200, uh, again, for the S&P 500. So a lot of question marks there. I think 
downside for earnings is already priced in, but we do have the risk that either inflation doesn't come down as fast as we think, or that growth comes down faster than we think, and that brings um, earnings expectations towards that lower end of the consensus, and that can make for a very bumpy start of the year. But for 2023 as a whole, uh, I think we'll still have a positive year and positive returns. Let's just sit on that earnings point just a little bit longer. Mike Wilson and Morgan Stanley has this to say. Rates and inflation may have peaked, but we see that as a warning sign for profitability, a reality we believe is still underappreciated but can no longer be ignored. We'll catch up with Mike in about 20 minutes from now. Matt Miskin, which side are you on here? Esti Dweck, who says a lot of this is priced in, or Mike Wilson, who says there's some real pain to come on the earnings side that's going to take this equity market down in the first half? We see earnings uh, growth likely to continue to moderate here, and earnings estimates are, are still way too high in our view. So, we're, you know, the street's looking for about 5% to close out this year, and then we go into next year and still looking for 5% earnings growth. We think that's, that's unrealistic, uh, given even a shallow recession. On average, a recession brings earnings decline of 25 to 30%. We are down about four to five percent off the peak. So earnings and earnings were really brought forward here over the last couple of years, and you just saw a massive earnings growth environment because of so much fiscal stimulus. Well, when you remove that fiscal stimulus and you add higher cost of capital, well, that's going to hurt the earnings picture. You know, the central banks are almost being the Grinches here as it relates to the cost of capital going into 2023, and that's going to print, that's going to crimp margins. Uh, so, in our view, you've got to find higher quality companies that don't need money, that don't need to go to the capital markets to survive. You want to use the value exposure. I think one of the things we're realizing more is there's too much remnants of 1999 type over. Uh, valuation in the market. You've got to be more valuation sensitive going into next year as a defensive factor. Uh, and then lower volatility as well. Three main factors, quality, value, and lower volatility as our three and favorites into next year. Esty, what do you say back to that? Well, you know, to some extent, the fact that everyone is saying that earnings expectations have to come down is the sign that we're uh, already pricing in, even if that consensus number isn't as low as some would say. Uh, we know these earnings have to come down to some extent, and I think that part could be manageable. But I agree the first half is going to be uh, volatile. It's going to be bumpy with still a lot of risks, especially around central banks. I agree with uh, quality for sure. I think some of these defensive sectors continue at least for now and then we'll do better later. I think that once we have a peak in the dollar that will also be uh, actually a tailwind for earnings at some point next year, then, then we get a peak in yields, which I think we've seen. At some point, we'll start to have a slightly better outlook for earnings for the tech sector, and that can help pull markets higher as well. So, Esty, do you think the leadership comes from the tech sector? Is that where the outperformance is on the sector side? And for that matter, on the regional basis, just geographically, is it U.S. outperformance again, tech outperformance again for you? It's U.S. outperformance because the outlook elsewhere is really not great, and Europe has 
so many challenges, including a very hawkish ECB. But the growth picture for Europe is much more complicated than what they mentioned at the press conference. And the energy crisis is not going to get better. If we get through this winter with the storage levels, it's going to be tough to fill up next year. So um, a lot of difficulty for Europe, and maybe not all of that. People thinking the worst is behind us there, and I don't think that it is. So US, for sure. I'm not sure the leadership comes from tech, certainly not at the beginning of the year. But I think at some point later in the year, we should see at least an improvement in a sustainability there. And that should help the U.S. for sure. It should at least benefit from that U.S. outperformance as well. Matt Miskin, one point there. U.S. outperformance. Your reaction? Well, so first, Europe's actually the best performing part of the global markets this year now. And um, so the, just to declare, you know, it's just been amazing to watch Europe this quarter. And, and it's really taken on. Uh, more of a leadership role. I do think next year technology comes back, quality growth. You just got to be careful, though, and know what you own because consumer discretionary, for example, has two stocks at the top, very highly valued. Communication services, not as high quality as it once was. So pure tech we do like, but we're barbelling that with healthcare and utilities, more defensive, higher, still high quality in healthcare, parts of the markets around that out. We're looking at the same market, two very different views here. Matt, you know when you go into uncertain times, you try and lean on history as some kind of guide. Jim Polson, the Luthol Group, said this. I'd love your thoughts on it. He said since 1950, the S&P 500 has posted a total return of 13% on average over the next 12 months, following 13 major inflation peaks. Matt Miskin, is it different this time? Is history a good guide? Well, first, I want to congratulate Jim on his retirement. Quite a career. You know, look up to him as, as just a great strategist over the years. But I think what you have to do is you have to look at the Fed as a response to that. And, and with the Fed still raising rates, you don't want to fight the central banks in, in terms of going into 2023. The, the raising of the rates this year, the quantitative tightening that's going to be going on, even in the first quarter of next year, is going to have a lagged impact. So I do think inflation coming down is great. I think that's going to be great for the bond market. And that's why we are more bullish on bonds, high quality bonds, five to six percent yields. We really like that in the first half of this year uh, into 2023. Mm -hmm. um, but wait on equities. Be patient. We think there's going to be a great buying opportunity in 2023. But we want to get income and get paid to wait uh, until that opportunity really arises. Two things. Number one, with regards to Jim Paulson. I'd like to echo that sentiment. Tremendous guy, absolutely legend. And number two, Esti Dweck, I'd like you to have the final word on this. Well, you know, I have to agree on the second half outlook and on the full year. Everyone seems to be in agreement that yields have probably peaked and that's supportive for the bond market. And it certainly feels like an easier allocation to make today than going back full into equities. Um, now, whether you average in over the next few months or you wait hoping for uh, another low in the first half of the year, it sounds like Matt agrees that we are going to have a more constructive year for equity markets over next year. And if inflation comes down, that means the market, I mean, the market is a forward discounting mechanism. They're going to start to price in that Fed pause, even potentially a Fed pivot since they, the market refuses to price out those Q4 2023 rate cuts. And that ultimately will be supportive for equity markets. It's supposed to be the 
anticipatory asset class. We'll have that conversation with Mike Wilson and Morgan Stanley. SD2 Matt Miskin sticking with us. Yields breaking out this morning on a 10-year by 8 or 9 basis points on a 10-year right now. 357 at the front end, the two-year up by four basis points, getting back to 422. And equities rolling over now, basically unchanged on the day on the S&P 500, the open about 16 minutes away. Coming up, China pledging to boost its economy. In the first quarter, uh, we may still see quite weak economic growth. Uh, but from second quarter, uh, if the macro policy continue to be supportive, we may see a rebound of activity. That conversation up next. First quarter, uh, we may still see quite weak economic growth, uh, but from second quarter, uh, if the macro policy continues to be supportive, which is also kind of confirmed in the Central Economic Conference, uh, we may see a rebound of activity. Uh, the policy pivot, both in terms of COVID control and also the property sector, those are very important. China shifting its focus towards boosting the economy next year. The country's top leaders hinting at pro-business policies. This coming amid growing suspicion China is hiding the true cost of reopening. The country reporting only two deaths since COVID-0 was abandoned earlier this month. Team coverage, great panel here, joins us right now. Bloomberg's Alan Wan in Shanghai alongside Demid Sasa here in New York. Alan, first to you, can you just give us an idea of what's happening across the country right now? Well, here in Shanghai, uh, we're experiencing, um, you know, just a wave of infections, just like in Beijing. Uh, but the most interesting thing is, like, like you just said, that uh, right now there's only been two deaths reported over the weekend since the, uh, the end, end of COVID zero, and it's kind of hard to uh, it's kind of hard hard to fathom, given what we're seeing on the ground ourselves, what other Western media has been reporting, and the history of other countries, other Western countries. That have higher vaccination rates and uh, the, the number of fatalities they had, um, you know, in similar similar circumstances. But uh, going to that Beijing, Beijing uh, sanatorium, we actually went to visit uh, today, and there were, there were tons of police and security guards outside, uh, sort of blocking, uh, you know, media from from from, from coming in. Uh, and this comes after the Wall Street Journal reported on Friday that. Uh, they, they, they saw, like, what well, they were told that two, from an employee that they were getting 200, 200 uh, bodies a day arriving every day, up from, like, 30 uh, before. And, and also, FT reported uh, last week that, you know, uh, they saw, like, 30, uh, you know, dirty, bo dirty bodies being cre cremated a day. So you have all these, uh, you know, these, these reports from uh, Western media and they're interviewing some staff who work, who work at the sanatorium. That sort of flies in the face of what we know. Uh, so, so that begs the question: Why, why, um, you know, why, why, what, what's going on right now? I mean, basically, the government is trying to sort of play down, probably play down the number of deaths because you know it's been trumpeting uh, how it's been able to like you know keep fatalities at a, at a very low rate, uh, showing the superiority of the common system. And right now, since the end of COVID zero, uh, they you know basically they're trying to sort of 
move, uh, you know, move the definition around. So mm -hmm. we're hearing that officials and officials are, are right now trying to uh, narrow, narrow the definition for what is a COVID death, attributing it to other symptoms. There's certainly a disconnect right now between the reports and the data that we see. To Alan's point, Damien, the reliability of the data is really important here. Yeah. We need to get a decent picture, an idea of how this reopening is going to go over the next couple of quarters. Well, I'll give you some numbers, Jonathan. Uh, 5,200 deaths. That's the official tally of deaths in China since COVID started back in 2019 by comparison. And by the way, China's got, what, 1.4, 1.5 billion people. Um, the U.S., 330 million people, 1.1 million deaths. So it's the way it's being counted, obviously. And they just changed, as Alan was alluding to, the way they count a COVID death right now, right? They changed that on December 6th. So forget the numbers. The numbers are meaningless. You know, if you just look at Hong Kong, which has 7.4 million people, they already have, you know, three times the amount that China does in terms of deaths that are reported. I think we have to focus on what's going to happen tonight, right? we got to focus on what came out Friday out of Beijing, the uh, economic work conference. They want to, you know, stimulate the economy. They want to stabilize the property sector. And we'll probably see the five-year LPR come in about 10 basis points tonight. That's basically designed to help the property sector, to help lending to the property sector, which, <laughs> as we all know, is off considerably this year. And that's the canary in the coal mine, in my opinion. Easier said than done. Seems to be the conclusion here, gents. Damien Sasser, Alan Wan, to the both of you, thank you. I want to get a final word to John Hancock's Matt Miskin, downplaying the economic impact of China's reopening and saying the following. The China reopening narrative is not a sturdy bull case for risk assets in our view, given the challenges still to come. Matt Miskin, can you build on that for us? Yeah, so the cost of capital is going up, and if they're going to need to use more leverage, more debt to stimulate the economy right now, and we do, we think they are going to, then that's going to be expensive, frankly. And right now, you know, it, the challenges, it's, it's heartbreaking, um, and, you know, to watch, but the markets have already run with this. So in material sectors, the best performing sector in the, in the fourth quarter, energy, industrials, you look at some of the China plays, industrial companies, even the U.S., the, the ones that are really in more the, you know, kind of backhoe, the, I can't use the exact stock name, but industrial companies that usually export to, the, to China are booming. They're up 40 percent this quarter. And I think you have to look at that and say you've already come a long way in repricing this reopening. But if it doesn't come in smoothly and the rest of the world's raising rates and slowing growth, that's going to probably dampen uh, China growth as well. And so we would trim in the strength of much of the non-U.S. equity market that has just rallied on this news uh, and redeploy into higher quality, more defensive assets. Esti Dweck, how are you thinking about this story? We've clearly placed, priced in a lot of the good news and a lot of uh, the reopening expectations for China. So we've seen a massive rally in the last couple of months, uh, and that for now might be a little bit played out. But I don't think China can afford to have uh, weakness in terms of the health side, and we know the reopening is going to be complicated, as uh, previous, uh, as it was just mentioned on the show. So they're going to have to show commitment to growth, to the real estate sector. They're moving away from the regulatory crackdown. And the more we get uh, confidence that that crackdown is ending or that they're serious about uh, these supports for the economy, I think we'll get more confidence in the market. The Chinese markets are still very cheap on a historical basis, and that suggests there's probably more room higher, but it's maybe not quite as obvious a trade as it was a couple of months ago. Esti Dweck, Matt Miskin, to the both of you, thank you.
Just saving 20 seconds for Damien Sasser to jump back in on that. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful commercial yesterday, Damien, for, for football. Oh, What a final. So, you know, Jonathan, this is where Fox really lost me yesterday. As soon as the finals were they over, cut away. they cut away, Jonathan. They what cut they right doing? away to American football, which, you know, look, I'm a huge football fan. I'm outward about that. But, I mean, I wanted to see Messi hung his mom. I want to see him and Mbappe embrace. <laughs> I want to see him change shirts. We got to see none of that. I was looking you had, around. You had to change the channel. I had yeah. to do the same thing. I couldn't find it. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Damien, thank you, buddy. Of course. Always great. Coming up the morning calls and later, Morgan Stanley's Mike Wilson warning about a major drop in profits next year. from New York. Let's get you some morning calls. First up, Moffitt Nathanson upgrading Verizon to market perform, seeing an attractive valuation after underperforming its peers. Jeffrey's upgrading Moderna to a buy, expecting shares to rebound after the company's pipeline opportunities. And finally, Oppenheimer downgrading Tesla to market perform, saying negative Twitter sentiment could become an ongoing overhang. Tesla up by 2.7%. Coming up, much more on Tesla and Twitter with Dan Ives of Wedbush Plus. Morgan Stanley's Mike Wilson sounding the alarm on US profits. That conversation, up next. from New York this Monday morning. Good morning to you all. Three-day losing streak on the S&P trying to bounce back by not even a tenth of 1% on S&P 500 futures. Right now up by 0.04% on the Nasdaq at the moment, up by almost a tenth of 1% on the S&P. Two weekly losses. Can we snap that streak? There's the up and bow switch of the board and get to the bond market. Yields look a little something like this on a 10-year up eight basis points. The yield this morning, 355 89 in the FX market euro dollar holding on to 106 just like the 10 years just about holding on to 350 106 10 on euro dollar up by two tenths of one percent and crude 75 71 approaching 76 up by 1.9 percent on the session 20 seconds into the opening bell we are completely unchanged on the S&P and I have to say on the Nasdaq almost completely unchanged as well one stock to watch at the open this morning Tesla and that stock is not unchanged Elon Musk asking users in a Twitter poll whether he should step down as CEO with more than 57 percent of the participants favoring his resignation Ed Bloodlow on the West Coast with more morning Ed yeah, good morning, Jonathan. I mean, I've made a request for comment to Elon Musk. I've written to him to ask if he's going to follow through with this. He has not responded. Some of the other key names involved as well, we've written to and asked them if they're being serious in their offers to take over the role of leading Twitter. And of course, we haven't had any response. We're up 2% on Tesla. I'd point out this is a stock that was down eight of the last 10 sessions as of Friday's close and was trading at a three-week low. Also, a gain of one and a half percent now, John, is nowhere near sort of some of the positivity and exuberance we saw in the pre-market. It was interesting, the New York Times reporting in the last 24 hours that Elizabeth Warren wrote to Tesla's board over the weekend, raising concerns that Musk's actions and leadership at Twitter had been harmful to Tesla investors. As you and I have been saying for days and days, I have a sort of sense of deja vu, many retail and institutional investors voting with their feet, of course, and clearly they wanted some resolution to this. I would also just finally point out, John, that Musk did say 
in the heat of the battle with Twitter when he was trying to walk away from the deal that were to go through, he had always planned to only temporarily lead Twitter as CEO and find someone in the long term. But he's now also tweeting that that person does not exist. That person, no one wants the job that's actually able to keep it alive, are his words. So one to watch. Ed, we're going to have a longer conversation about this in about 10 minutes. Looking forward to it. Some Tesla balls are happy about this, including Dan Ives of Wedbush. We're going to catch up with Dan Ives in about 15 minutes' time on this program. Looking forward to that as well. Another stock, Meta, hit with antitrust charges. The EU antitrust commissioner expressing concern over its marketplace service, writing, quote, Facebook users have no choice but to have access to Facebook Marketplace. Abby has more. Hey, Abby. Hey, John. Well, yes, the EU is continuing to go after meta platforms. This, of course, after those antitrust watchdogs basically alleged this complaint saying that they allegedly squeezed out classified ad uh, rivals by tying their Facebook Marketplace to their own social network. So basically a monopoly type charge. This latest complaint, of course, paves the potential for a change to their business model. A quarter of their revenues do come from Europe. This is advertising revenue. Not surprisingly, Meta is saying that these claims are without foundation. Now, what makes this so interesting, and there you can see that revenue breakdown and that big portion coming out of Europe, what makes this so interesting is the bigger trend here, of course, is the EU's crackdown on U.S. big tech, Apple, Alphabet, Amazon. Now, just a couple of weeks ago, if you recall, the EU told uh, Meta, EU privacy regulators told Meta that they cannot use content data to provide personalized ads. The stock dropped about 8 percent on that. Right now we have Meta down about 2 percent, so not as much. Uh, but on the year, though, John, this and other big tech companies losing a ton of market cap. Meta more than 600 billion. That translates to a 65 percent drop. You have to wonder if some are potentially uh, bottom fishing. It's also interesting because today we do have the EU poised to settle with Amazon on a similar charge. Uh, and one bright note, maybe the EU is wrapping up another probe on the advertising uh, pack between Meta and Alphabet. So many moving pieces here. But again, you have to wonder at some point, are folks going to be interested in Meta? Not today. Abby, when does tech get a break? When on earth does it get a break? Yeah, it's hard to know. I think one question, one piece of it could, of course, be yields popping up a little bit today. But with that 10-year yield closer uh, to 3.5%, it provides a little, bit of, a little bit of room. But this looming recession, the possibility that profits are going to get hit, it seems as though uh, tech and that monster rally out of the pandemic low continues to make them vulnerable. Abby, thank you. I want to head back over to Ed Ludlow, who mentioned that letter from Senator Warren to the board of Tesla. Ed, can I come back to you on that? Because I think we need to build out that sure. story just a little bit more. What is Senator Warren trying to find out? Well, I think Senator Warren is trying to find out where Elon Musk's priorities lie. You know, from the, the reporting we've seen, of course, her interest is probably in the everyday investor. But as you and I discussed very regularly, the retail investor is not just a key holder of Tesla shares, but a key part of the story. You know, the mega bulls are those that have owned the vehicles. And in her letter to the board, uh, you know, she basically points out, has there been harm done? If you look at the performance of Tesla shares since uh, October 28th, when the deal to buy Twitter closed, it has trailed the Nasdaq 100, which is basically flat. Tesla's down in excess of 30 percent. The S&P 500 down, I think, around 17 percent in that time. Again, John, all I can tell you is that I wrote to Tesla's investor relations team because there's no mechanism for me to write 
to a press team. That doesn't exist. And Tesla's IR team has not responded. But I basically said, what is Tesla's and the board's reaction to this letter? Do you agree with what Elizabeth Warren is outlining that harm has been done to Tesla short shareholders yeah. because Musk has not been focused on that company? Those gains fading this morning on Tesla, 150.59. Ed, thank you. That stock is up by two tenths of 1%. Here are some dates for the diary. January 6th, payrolls. On the 12th, you get CPI in January. Day after, earnings season really kicks off. The 13th, that's when you get JP Morgan. Mike Wilson of Morgan Stanley thinks it's all about earnings in early next year. This is what he had to say. Rates and inflation may have peaked, but we see that as a warning sign for profitability, a reality we believe is still underappreciated but can no longer be ignored. Mike Wilson, I'm pleased to say, joins us right now. Now, Mike, I couldn't ignore this in the note, and thanks for being with us. When you mentioned 2008, I think you get everyone's attention. You said this, we offer further comparisons to August 2008. Mike, can we start there? What are the comparisons between now and back then? Well, good morning, John. Yeah, I mean, uh, the main one that we're trying to put forth is that our earnings model, which, as you know, we spent a lot of time uh, focused on, the spread between our forecast now and what the consensus is modeling for next year is as wide as we have seen since the summer of 08. Okay, so in other words, we're looking for an earnings recession that could be as big of a surprise to the market as it was in 08. Now, what we're not looking for, and I'll make it perfectly clear on this, is a balance sheet recession, a systemic risk fall off like we saw in the fall of 08. So it's very distinguished, but it doesn't mean that there's still not a lot of price risk here. Okay, this is where we think we're out of consensus now and where we have high conviction. So a year ago, it was really about the Fed and the normalization of rates. And now this is the second part of our thesis, as you know well, the ice part is now really kicking in. And there's this sort of presumption out there from our conversations with clients that uh, everybody knows that earnings are gonna be bad next year and the market's already priced it. And we're just putting this warning out for folks to who assume the market is omnipotent and it knows this, the market typically doesn't know these types of earnings declines before they happen. So that's the risk now, if we're right, okay? We have conviction in our view, we could be wrong about that, but that's, you know, that's our work. And uh, we think that this, you know, rally that we've had, which, you know, we identified and then uh, got out of two weeks ago, we think that the technical price action last week was confirmation that that rally is not only over, but it's about to exert itself on the downside again in a meaningful way. Mike, can you explain what's behind that conviction? These are earnings for the quarter we're in right now. This is 4Q to be reported in the first quarter of next year. What's behind that conviction, Mike? What do you see that's developing that maybe other people are missing? Yeah, I don't think I see anything that's that different, John. It's just the way we put it together. So remember, our forecast that I'm talking about is for the next 12 months. You know, everybody focuses on this quarter, but the market doesn't care about this quarter's earnings. It never does. It cares about what's going to happen over the next 12 months. That's what the market really focuses on and tries to figure out. In our model, you know, we've got 30 years of history of this thing. It, it does a really good job of using data that's already out there, mostly top-down data. Some of that's survey data, soft data, as we like to call it, that leads to hard data. And, um, you know, the... the R squared on this thing is 80%. So it doesn't mean it's infallible, but it's pretty darn close. And um, when the spread is this wide, you really want to pay attention to it. You know, when the spread's 5%, it's like, that's kind of noise. The spread's 25%. So that tells us that, you know, this is probably not in the price. Are you expecting to hear this in the guidance then pretty early on in earnings season? Mike, you know how the arc of earnings season works. 
the banks go first, then you hear from the tech players a little bit further down the line. Where would you expect to hear this guidance in the arc of earnings season as it kicks off in mid-January? Yeah, I mean, that's what's different between uh, the fourth quarter reporting season and the third quarter. And this is one of the reasons we backed off our bearish view in October was we said, look, we're not going to get capitulation on 23 forecast because there's no incentive for companies to guide on 2023 in October. However, now as you start a new year, right, they're compelled to say something uh, because if they don't say anything, then, you know, people lose confidence that they know what's going to happen. So I think there is a much higher likelihood that companies acknowledge what we already know and what they know, okay? Companies do know that things are getting rough out there. You look at, you know, corporate confidence. This is one of the things we compared in the note today. CEO confidence is as low as it's been really in history. So that tells you their confidence level about next year is not particularly great. And that should come through in the guidance in January and February more so than it did in the last couple of quarters when they're not compelled to talk about the 12 month outlook. Mike, I'm interested in where you think the earnings story may hold up. We caught up with Bank of America's Savita Subramaniam a little bit earlier this morning. She had this to say in a note she put out in the last week. She said, throw out the U.S. recession playbook. It's different this time. Oil companies capital, have capital discipline. Then she went on to say this about banks. Credit risk may be more evident at venture capital, private equity and long duration growth plays than at regulated banks. Mike, can you speak to that? Just the nature of the downturn you expect in earnings and the parts of the equity market you think will get hit hardest. Yeah, I mean, look, the good news is, I would say, is it's the, the areas uh, where the over-earning was the greatest, which is, you know, quarter or thesis about, you know, the earnings re reset, that's already happened. So, like, consumer durables, some of the technology areas, um, we've seen 25% revisions to next year's numbers. Now, we think it'll continue to be bad because the over-earning was so extraordinary. And that's really the main message uh, in, our, in our work, John, is that the margin expectations are just way out of bounds because we over, you know, companies had a windfall profit. That's not necessarily emblematic of one particular industry, right? I mean, COVID, oh, well, it was a horrible human event. It was actually a windfall for corporate profits. And it was a windfall for investors. And that's all being wrung out now, first with rates and now with the earnings that were over earnings. So I think it's very broad. I don't think it's one or two sectors. I think we saw over earning across the economy and that has to play through. And I'll push back a little bit on the energy piece. I mean, I, I agree that energy's in a, in, a, in a better position than it's been historically speaking because of that capital discipline. But if we actually end up having a labor cycle, we think it's 50-50 on that. You know, that's when oil prices probably have their final move lower. The stocks won't trade well, even if the fundamentals haven't changed that much on a forward, you know, curve basis of two or three years. The market isn't going to be willing to look through that. And that's generally our take as well, as we think people are being complacent about looking through an earnings recession that's going to be quite severe. And, and we'll see how they feel when we're in the middle of it. So, Mike, can we talk about downside here? 38.50 right now on the screen on the S&P. You're thinking closer to 3K as a bottom for next year? You know, and John, you know, we've been very consistent about that, right? I mean, we've been in this sort of 3,000 to 3,300 range since really May when we put our mid-year outlook out. That's the path. Um, and we think that's still the path. And we, and I would say that we now believe we can get to the lower end of that path simply because you worked off kind of this bearishness in the last two months. I mean, the, the bear market rally we had did its job, right? Its job is to uh, it's like a three-card Monty. Look over here, and then all of a sudden you forget about looking over on this one. And then 
that's when you get surprised. So, that, you know, the setup's good for a finishing move to this bear market. Uh, that's the bad thing. The good thing is we're closer to the end than the beginning. Mike, as you get more bearish on earnings, do you get more bullish on bonds? Well, yeah, you know, we've been bullish on bonds since the summer. We were probably a little early on that call, but it's worked out pretty well. Um, I think, you know, th that's one thing that's different, too, this time, John, whereas, like, in 08, we're not going to have a systemic risk like we had in 08. In our view, you know, anything's possible. That's our general take right now. That's good. However, the Fed cannot be as accommodative, right, as they have been historically because of this underlying inflationary issue, which is new, uh, in the investment community for the last 30 years. So that's one other thing to be watching closely in the spring. How fast does the cavalry come riding in, even in the event of a labor cycle? I think they're going to be slower. They've told us that. And that could be the surprise and why we can get to those lower price levels on the S&P 500. Mike Wilson, just awesome. This morning and through the whole of this year. Congrats to you and the team. I've said that a few times this year, haven't I, Mike? We appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Mike Wilson there of Morgan Stanley. Coming up, Twitter. Twitter users voting against Elon Musk. The moves that he's making with Twitter are just destroying brand value. I think it should give anyone pause about the future of Twitter's trajectory. Dan Ives of Wetbush, up next. This is Bloomberg Z Open. I'm Lisa Mateo, live in the principal room. Coming up, Ed Morse, global head of commodities research at Citigroup. That conversation at 10.30 a.m. Eastern, 3.30 p.m. in London. This is Bloomberg. <laughs> My prediction for Twitter has long been that it's not going to die overnight, but that it will become more broken and more stupid. And I think that's what we're seeing play out. And that as a result, people will find other places that they want to hang out. They're simply not going to want to be on a service where the main character every day is Elon Musk. And it's simply tracking, you know, what uh, new shenanigans that he's gotten up to and what policies he's decided to invent out of peak and anger. Twitter users voting in favor of Elon Musk's resignation after tweeting out a poll saying, should I step down as the head of Twitter? I will abide by the results of this poll. Well, the results giving shares of Tesla a boost in anticipation of Musk shifting his focus back to the firm. Ed Ludlow, out of London with more. Hey, Ed. Yeah, good morning, John. I mean, part of the downward pressure on Tesla shares since October 28th has certainly been the idea of key man risk. By his own admission, Musk has been much more focused on Twitter at times than he has on Tesla. Of course, the other part of the downward pressure is Musk selling uh, billions of dollars of that stock in part uh, to kind of shore up his finances in buying the company. You'll remember as well, Bloomberg reported just in the last 10 days that some of the unsecured debt lined up to finance that package was swapped out in favor of margin loans secured against potentially Tesla shares or SpaceX shares, though we weren't sure if that actual part of the deal was completed. I think, John, for me, and I'd, I'd love your take on it as well, is, well, if he does step down, what happens to the platform? He did say originally he'd only lead the firm temporarily and then install somebody when he found them. But since launching that poll, and he said he'll honor the result, he's also said that there is no one out there that is willing to take the job and that can also do it in a way that keeps Twitter alive. Well, I think he raises a good question and it answers yours. Who is that person and where do they come from? Ed Ludlow, thank you. This conversation is going to go on and on and on into next year, no doubt. 
Dan Ives of Wedbush has this to say. It appears Musk's reign as CEO of Twitter will come to an end and thus be a major positive for Tesla's stock, starting to slowly remove this albatross from the story. We remain our outperform rating and ultimately view this as a major step towards going forward with Musk finally reading the room. Dan Ives joins us now. Dan, let's talk about that call from yours, from you. Do we have a leadership problem at Tesla or a macro problem? I think right now it's really been more of a leadership problem. I think that's been a big overhang on Tesla, not just because of the essentially Musk using Tesla's personal ATM machine, but it's about the attention. Attention focused on Twitter as this twilight zone continues to you know, go on and on. And that's really been, I think, 70, 80 percent of the sell off in Tesla is Twitter driven. Dan, why do you believe, though, just replacing him as leader at Twitter changes anything about this story? Well, I think it's a step in the right direction. It clearly doesn't change the overall story because Musk still owns Twitter. It's going to go down as probably the, the biggest, I'd say, overpaid M&A deal in the history of tech. But you got to make sure that ultimately you get a pilot on the plane to navigate some of these challenges. That's going to be the key. It's been this black cloud over the Tesla story, but I just view it as at least a small step in the right direction. But the overall train wreck situation at Twitter remains unchanged. So, Dan, let's talk about that just a little bit more. You saw the letter from Senator Warren, I assume, off the back of the New York Times reporting a little bit earlier this morning. Read as follows. In a letter to Tesla's board, the Democratic senator asked whether investors have been harmed by the billionaire tech mogul's time running the social network. Dan, what do you make of that? I think the biggest overhang on Tesla, as we've talked about many times, is, is Twitter. I mean, it's a $44 billion epic mistake by Musk. And I think right now it's really been a quicksand situation. It's hurt the brand of Musk, which has hurt the brand of Tesla, because Musk is Tesla. Tesla is Musk. And I think right now, you know, ultimately the clock struck midnight for investors, for users, especially a lot of the fiasco that we've seen over the last week. And I think, you know, patience is really wearing thin here. Dan, challenging macro environment, leadership issues that you've talked about repeatedly, yet you still maintain that outperform rating on a stock. Dan, why? It's our view of where electric vehicles are going over the next one to two years and beyond that. I mean, Tesla continues to be the massive leadership position there. I think it's the, one of the most transformational companies along with Apple. So I believe it's oversold here fundamentally in terms of our view there. But no doubt, in the near term, this is a Category 5 storm that's Musk-inflicted that needs to end. Dan Ives of Wedbush. Dan, we'll be in touch soon, no doubt, on the latest with regards to Tesla. That stock is up by only 1.6% off the back of this. The broader market down about four-tenths of 1% on the S&P. On the Nasdaq, down eight-tenths of 1%. Talked a lot about that bond market. Yields up this today. This morning by 10 basis points on a 10 year to 358 on a two year up five basis points to 422 at a sector price action.
Here's Abby. Well, John, that yield action that you're outlining, it is one piece of the sector action because not surprisingly, some of those high growth, high valuation tech stocks, well, they're on bottom. Tech itself is down almost 1%. Communication services, uh, some of the other mega cap uh, technology names uh, down about 1%. And I believe that the board we're looking at here, actually, I'm not sure what that one uh, not classified is. But in any case, because I saw the minus 13%, we're down 1% for the worst sector. The best sector, though, energy up half a percent. That has to do, of course, with oil. And then with yields higher, it's interesting that consumer staples, a high dividend yielding uh, sector, it's up. Banks also being helped by yields higher. Now, one subsector that's not doing so well today, casinos down about 2% overall. This, of course, after J.P. Morgan is saying uh, that the license renewals for Macau could prompt a sell-off. And this has to do, John, with the fact that over the last couple of weeks, up 65%, sell the good news. Abby. Thank you. That's the price action on a sector basis. Your trading diary up next. Day four, four days of losses on the S&P. We're down four tenths of one percent. On the S&P 500, on the Nasdaq, we're down by three quarters of one percent. The backdrop in the bond market yields up right the way through the curve. Twos out to 30s, yields higher by five basis points on a two-year 422. On a 10-year, up by 10 basis points, 358. That's the price action. Is the trading diary? The White House holding its daily news conference 2:30 Eastern. Earnings from Nike, FedEx on Tuesday, plus a BOJ rate decision. And U.S. housing starts. Existing home sales and consumer confidence coming on Wednesday, followed by U.S. GDP, core PCE, and another round of jobless claims on Thursday. And finally, if you're still around, personal income and spending numbers. You miss consumer sentiment survey, durable goods to round out the week on Friday. From New York, thank you for choosing Bloomberg TV. This was the countdown to the open. This is Bloomberg. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The Triple B Podcast would like to invite you to come break bread with your brothers. If you like what you're hearing on the show, if you think we missed the mark, or if we got it all wrong, reach out to us on social media. We can be reached on Twitter at triple underscore B underscore pod or search Brothers Breaking Bread Podcast. We are the Brothers Breaking Bread on Facebook and our email is brothersbreakingbreadpod at gmail.com. Further descriptions are in the show notes. Like, follow, friend, do all that good stuff. And please never forget to break bread with your brothers. Hold on, dog. Why am I camera on? Hold up, Skype. My bad. I was finishing up a phone call. Are you good? I'm just doing my usual fucking with people. Why is my camera not on? Yeah, take the the tape off of it. There. Ain't no tape on it though. I don't know what's happening. I don't know. 
Oh, I see what's happening. Haha. <laughs> in a while, what you have in front of you is called a laptop. And what it does, there's lots of things it can do. And at the top, there's a camera. Why, why are you and vaginas pointing to me? And so settings you may be able to go to to find why? information. About I'm just saying, it. why are you vaginas pointing? Why are you vaginas pointing to me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of mansplaining, vaginasplaining. Don't do that. Ah, ma'am. That was the that uh, we're recording right because that was lovely. I, I, I liked the vagina splaining. It was you like that vagina splaining. The, the tone was the tone was perfect. Yes. If you look a little to your left, there'll be your settings, and in your settings, you'll be able to. That was nice. How y'all doing? We out here chilling in the spot. What up? Of course, we're gonna show a short uh, clip of a uh, pursuit in uh, LA. Now, I want y'all to play. To, I don't know if y'all have seen this clip, but pay close attention to the beginning on what the suspect is wearing. Roll it. Or he's been able to driver do it. Now out, he's driver, out, driver jumping out of the vehicle. Driver running through a parking lot, getting out of the vehicle. Into another group of cars, and it looks like a commercial going into a commercial building. Looks like a liquor store. Helicopter able to keep the night sun on him, but those CHP units are still handling the passenger. Don't see anybody chasing him on foot yet. We'll see what some of these businesses are. If he's okay, that's not him. Wonder how he made his way into one of these. It looks like a liquor store there. Oh no! I hope he's not in that liquor store. That would a be a big problem. Store. Doesn't look like it. You can see somebody there at the front door. That night's on following the uh, following along the perimeter of the building. Is this the guy? That's not him either. Is it? I think it was that's a white man because it was black. They would shot that nigga as soon as he got the view. So uh, to the audience, uh, it's a uh, arm robbery suspect there is a police chase there is a helicopter in the sky there's a man in blue jeans and a black shirt who runs into a liquor store 
what we are we are paused at. Now there is a man in jogging pants and it appears to be a long sleeve t-shirt or uh, some kind of sweatshirt, no hoodie, who they have now pulled over in front of the liquor store who has his hands up. Oh shit, what happened? What happened? Oh shit, y'all there? Damn, oh my bad. Hot corner. I love MacBooks, but they have hot corners, my bad. Let's go. I don't think so. Uh, I don't think he had that much time to change. He wasn't wearing no, anything I, like that when he got out yeah, of the vehicle. Yeah, I don't think so. But uh, somebody with a guilty conscience putting both hands up in the air. Yeah, I heard that right. What? Guilty conscience because a, a police car ran up on him and told him to get his hands up. The police car right. with a nigga with guns drawn. <laughs> he said he must have a... If, that's white privilege. You know what? That's white privilege. Because a white man can just be like, ah, officer, sir, those are niggers over there. I am not who you're looking for. And they go, you're right. Sorry. And motherfucker said, guilty conscience. Nigga, no. There's a police officer with a gun drawn on me. And you can see them now scouring this entire parking lot looking for any sign. You can see there's a gap oh, between that gap. liquor store and that other building. And he may have very well squeezed between the two. I can't tell. It looks right. like there's a possible gate there. I can't tell. They're now going to peek inside that liquor store. Canine units already on scene. There's several witnesses who can help those officers out. And after this he, next part, that's where I'll stop at. It's not, I mean, look at them. He's, they're kind of <coughs> staying outside of the liquor store. Wonder if he might be inside the liquor store. Oh, now they're going after going down the street through the parking lot again. This was the driver. Now took off on foot. Now the dog is Hold on. You just going to your local liquor store as Roger does cuz I I must admit I have a obsession with four locos. My bad. Once a week I get one. I get it for the Chiefs game. I drink a four local doing the Chiefs game. That's me. I'm good. So Rogers goes to the liquor store to get a four local, and all of a sudden now I'm getting chewed up by a fucking police dog. Yeah, I'm suing everybody. But I, I think I don't know if we were clear on this. this the the suspect was white and and. The nigga they caught is white, too. I, I couldn't tell if he was white, but he might be. I just know that nigga had a black shirt on and jeans. He might have been white. You're right. Skinny jeans. Huh? Skinny jeans. Well, he was fat, so he might have been a fat nigga in regular jeans. I don't know. <laughs> but it wasn't this nigga with the L.A. Dodgers hat. It was back. definitely not a nigga exactly. with a L.A. Dodgers hat, gray sweatshirt, gray sweat. Sweatpants, who is now getting chewed the fuck up by these dogs? Somebody, somebody getting uh, L.A. about to come up off some money, nigga. Everybody coming off money, nigga. Cause like I'm, I, I play a little bit more. We can move on. That's only well, that's only a couple more seconds anyway. Isn't he getting fucked up by this dog? Why nigga? is the dog Whoa. chewing on this guy? Yeah, and I don't think that's him, Mark. I don't think that's him. If uh, we, if our director Mark can uh, 
get us video of the uh, re-rack that video of the the person that was leap that was running out of the car we're trying to get that uh, he's in there in all this I, I played this all just to say this is how the Brianna Taylors the Atitianas of the world happen fucking incompetence you know good and damn well you chasing a motherfucker in a black t-shirt and some fucking pants. And this nigga just walking down the street and all of a sudden he getting chewed up by a police dog. I'm glad he didn't get shot. So yeah, sue everybody. You'll do. Yeah to do. <laughs> yeah to do. Alright, let's get to the let's get to the uh, oh hold on. That should be here. We didn't, hold on, did we, did I skip over that? Mm, I think we good. We good? Yeah, let's go skip. Let's, let's skip to skip. Well, I'm going to say it's HBCU's fucking up. <laughs> First and foremost, see, black, black people, black people. They fucking up. Hey, H- hey, Dion and left. are still... There's safe spaces for our Kim, beautiful Kim told education. me that PW, safe? Kim told yes, me that PWIU's, P, they, they the, the, the bashed in the hate. Niggas shouldn't go there. And all I seen, the last week, all I seen the niggas getting fucked up at HBCUs. Well, wait, uh, hold on, hold on Kim, first. Kim, Kim, my name, uh, Roger Winston here, uh, Triple B, uh, Investigative news reports. Uh, is it true? <laughs> HBCUs are not exempt to the problems of the world. Now, oh. we not go if we gonna talk about the Winston Salem. We have to create safe spaces for our students. That was a situation where, you know, the professor was a different race. This situation is just totally inappropriate. Both of them. She was a. She was in. The, I mean, both of them were totally inappropriate. But she was going after a student. That's a child. That in my mind, that's a child. I don't send my child to your educational okay. institution it's for you okay. to. You know. Kim, you in a, you in a safe space. We love you. We support you. <laughs> I hear. Hold on. I hear, you talking about like they 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 go through the stuff that every other institution you go through. I don't. That's not what I've heard. That's not what I've heard. We have similar we have similar experiences. I, I I don't think we're exempt from certain things. I feel like y'all have shit that we are exempt from at the PWI. <laughs> like I don't feel like there be fucking clerical errors that you just hey you 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 just didn't take that class nigga. You gonna have to take that shit again. Like I don't know. It's, I mean we 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 have our own set of stuff, but yeah, we've been. HBCUs have been catching some heat, so look. No, nah, I, I coached at AC, HBCU. That shit is different. Well, buddy, okay, <laughs> how different is it? What, different huh? in what way? Because I don't know because my master's degree was at a PWI, so I don't yeah. have an undergrad. What? You, you, went to, you went to the white man's university? The white man's university. <laughs> You got the that's white how you, you have to assimilate after you've been immersed in <laughs> Hold your, on, man. Kim, I, I, I feel, hold on. I feel Kim getting pressure, man. Hold on. Hold on. Too many. There's too many at once. 
even though she may have brought this upon herself, there's too many at once. This is Dr. Umar Spearman. <laughs> female Dion Sanders. <laughs> oh, I'm about to come up out my skin on that one. You left him alone. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe, that might have been your best work today, nigga. Dr. Umar Spearman, nigga? What? What? Take it back, Joe. Take it back, nigga. Hold on. This nigga brought us Sodom and Gomorrah and Dr. Umar Spearman in the same episode. Welcome back, Joe. Welcome back. Hey, I'm back in my pocket. You know hey, what I'm hey, Joe just said I need Roger to just fucking come here and just introduce the topic so I can get my shit off, nigga. <laughs> that's, that's what it was. I, I had I had to distribute over there. I was point guard, nigga. I can just knock the shot down. That nigga, that nigga is stepped back in the Clay Thompson role. You gave it to him. He's open. Oh shit. <laughs> He's open. Oh, shit. <laughs> Joe said, I, hey, Joe said, I'm calling Malone, nigga. I ain't supposed to be up here bringing the ball up the court. What is this shit? What is this shit? I'm here for the pick and roll. <laughs> Where's Stockton at, nigga? Where's Stockton at? Let me spot up in the corner, Steph. Give me the ball. <laughs> Oh, Dr. Umar Spearman. That might be one for the ages, bro. That's the way. That's a fucking hell of a way to end the year out. <laughs> oh, wow. He did say doctor, though. I did I did give you doctor status. Okay. I can tell y'all a little story about Dr. Umar Johnson from when he came to Kansas City. He's actually not as bad as he... I, I wonder if some of that's a public persona, but no, yeah. some of that is Twitter and social media and putting some shit on. I am pretty sure he's pretty intelligent and can, yeah, I'm pretty sure of it. I mean, his his previous studies, like all of his like social work stuff prior to like him blowing up, prior to the school, everything Dr. Umar Johnson prior to him talking about that school, it was it was actually some decent and pretty validated valid stuff, but. Mm-mm, yeah. No, no, Doctor Umar Spearman. No, but back to you getting your degree. You, you said uh, your master's degree from the white man's university. Yes, I did. I That's did. a weird I choice. My master's. master's. Your mas- yeah. You got mastered. No, I mastered a subject from a white man's university Ooh. because of the wonderful education that I was provided from the I wish I, could, I need my Dr. Umar. I, I, I got to find Dr. Umar face as you said that. Hold on. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> love you, Kim. Can't stand y'all. You know you love us. Get the fuck out of the here. H- the that. HBCU's been catching heat. Dion done left. Okay, so we 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 going through a little bit of a weird transition right now. I'm I'm trying to figure out how y'all y'all throwing a fit for a man trying to progress. No, I don't think I don't think we're throwing a fit. Oh, they are. They throwing a fit. I think some of the coaches are throwing a fit because they're jealous of all the attention that he brought. But I'm. I mean, the man did what he came to do. Nah, it's throwing a fucking fit. 
Like Jackson State alumni are still on the field? They, or just yeah, yeah, I got I got Jackson State alum on my timeline, but I'm yeah. talking about okay. like nigga the fucking HBCU alumni period they throw in the field. No, let me tell yes, you who's going fits. It's it's the Howards. It's the it's because there's echelons to like HBCUs. I'm breaking the code, HBCUs. I'm sorry, but there's tiers. So like the ones that have football teams, because like my university didn't, or didn't at the time I went, and so we didn't. You know, there's certain stuff that we were not privy to. So like the Howards were pissed off, the Spellmans, the Morehouses, and all that because JSU's coming up. They about to be hot shit. So maybe that's why they're going off. I don't know, but I. I personally, like, Deion did what he did. He made his money. He turned some young men up on game. He's giving some young men some opportunity. Ain't nothing wrong with coaching my book. They want, they are on this. And this is what Dr. Umar was on when he was on the Breakfast Club. That Deion promised he was going to be the Messiah and he was going to die on this cross. And he was going to bring up from the ashes all of the uh, other peoples of all the universities and, and we were going to become viable to become national championship contenders because Dion was going to stay forever and he was going to bring on his NFL buddies to take over to other schools. And I was like, nigga, that's y'all dream. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. well, shit, the nigga did die on it. The nigga did, I mean... Uh, <laughs> When you put in put into perspective what he did, that nigga did die on his cross. That hey. nigga took a fucking bath in a hotel swimming pool because Jackson, Mississippi's fucking water is still bad. Bro, this, and that's the shit I said in the, uh, in the chat group. I said, I said, I said they want this nigga. To, uh, how dare this nigga take twenty nine million dollars and not uh, subsidize our program and drink dirty water? <laughs> <laughs> Like, really? Think I gave you half my salary to upgrade your facilities and bought you motherfuckers better food. And then niggas broke into his office and stole his watch, nigga. Come on, bro. Nigga, they broke into his son's car several times. Nigga. Come what on. What the fuck? Yeah. Come on. Dude, this shit. So... And this, and I hit, a, I, I hit an alum, I hit a Southern alum with this shit earlier this week. I was like, "Hey, you know Jesus ain't worked for three years." <laughs> so this is why people work. You <laughs> why, why people what? This that that's you. If you had to put your phone down and walk away, I totally understand because. You just want to get back on, on that and be like, damn, no joke. You can't say enough. stuff like that. <laughs> it was kind of good, but damn. It was good. I mean, it's facts. It's facts. Y'all mad at D. Hey, Roger. Roger. Yes. They mad at Dion for only staying at JSU for three years. Nigga, no, I no. worked for three years too, bro. <laughs> that's, that's what I was saying. Like, I've, like, I'm on Twitter and I'm, I'm reading some of these timelines. Like, they wanted, not when I say they specifically. There's a large component of uh, JSU, I don't think alumni, but fans who were like they wanted Dion to stay until uh, was it, is it Shiloh, Shiloh, what's the nigga's name, his son, Shiloh, right? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Shador. Huh? I think it's Shador. 
It should do. Well, yeah, that nigga. Thing. They wanted him to stay the whole time. They wanted him to stay there until he got drafted, so they could have a HBCU, uh, specifically a Jackson State uh, football player drafted in the first round. Yeah, they thought that nigga was gonna win the Heisman to be at the HBCU. Yeah, not that's not gonna happen. But and I, he, no, they, 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 he's at the top of the uh, Heisman talk right now, though. I, yep. But now he's going, yeah, because he's going to be in Colorado. Yeah, but now he's got a legitimate chance. But they, but they wanted him because like they were like saying like he should have been on the. I don't, I don't think that would have happened at Jackson State, but he definitely could have seen him getting drafted in the first round, and he probably he probably would have been the first player from Jackson State to be drafted in the first round of the NFL draft, and that's what a lot of them are mad about too. Is like we want you to stay here, have your boy drafted, so we can have that that attached to our school and our football program that we had a first round uh draft pick come from our football program. He did come from your football program just indirectly. Yeah. Yeah. I but mean nigga, look, look. All right, look. Like motherfuckers, this is the shit I was talking about and even after working at an HBCU where I can see cuz I, I I didn't go to school there but I worked there staff wise. So I can see where where Dion. This is the first motherfucking coach to take a NIA NIL deal as a coach, nigga. This nigga was gonna take thirty percent of the gate based on the sales of the tickets. This nigga said sixty. They 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 claiming they got sixty thousand people in the stand. Stadium's full. But they only see twenty thousand at the gate or twenty twenty eight thousand. Where the rest of the money? Yeah, they still in the money. Where's the rest of the fucking money? You know what I'm saying? And 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 you can't be mad at Dion for taking the NIA NIL deal because motherfuckers is coming to the game because Dion is coaching. No other reason. Nobody is coming to watch Jackson State play fucking football. I mean that's fact. But but without Dion Sanders being the coach, so but, motherfuckers is coming to the game. For Deion Sanders' name, so why not? Like, uh, if I give y'all back half my salary, y'all gonna give me 10, 15 percent of the gate, and then them niggas can't even own up to that. Hey, I ain't gonna lie though. Until all this shit, I ain't never had no Lincoln shit. Now I got a Lincoln long sleeve T-shirt and a Lincoln hoodie, nigga. What's up? <laughs> nigga, I still got my coaching Lincoln shit. Hey, as I say, I got my Lincoln. I said, "Damn!" I said, "Wait a minute! I graduated from HBCU. Well, I ain't got no HBCU shit." <laughs> yeah, but like, and also, and I, and I do hear what Kim saying though too. There's a lot of people out here who are hee hawing, boo hooing, who are not giving to the calls HBCUs. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of people out there. It's like you. And we talked about chat group too. You want Dion to do what you wouldn't do. Give money to HBCU. Fun HBCU. And there's a podcast I listen to. I talk about it here all the time. Uh, Firestarter. They talked about why is the fucking pregame and the cookout, you got more turnout for that than the actual football yep. games. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So you want Dion yep. to do more for the school then you want to do for your school that you actually got a fucking degree from. 
Exactly. There was a preacher, bro. There was a preacher that from Jackson State. He's a preacher. He was um I don't know if y'all seen this. He was giving a sermon. He says four hundred he said right now it's four hundred four hundred Jackson State alumni. He said if you motherfuckers only gave a hundred dollars a piece, do you know what that would do? And y'all talking about what Dion did? Let's talk about what Dion did. New stadium. You know what I'm saying? And y'all want to talk about what Dion didn't do? He's like, you motherfuckers won't even give a hundred dollars a piece, and y'all want, you know, y'all want Jackson State to be revived, and y'all want this legacy to be built, and all these things to be happening, and y'all holding Dion accountable for the, for the, you know, for the success and the the revitalization of your university, and you won't even give a hundred dollars yourself. If four hundred of y'all motherfuckers gave a hundred dollars, how much would that be? You hey, know what I'm saying? Hey AC, better question. Are you even trying to send your own kid to Jackson State? Exactly. Ooh, they get this some muddy waters, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> you getting this? You asking personal questions now, nigga. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, man, yeah, that's. I mean, I mean, I know that's a whole different topic, but I mean, I mean, salute to the brother, though, right? You you take a school that a lot of the nation didn't know about. Yeah, you put them on the map. You got game day there. They go. Tw- they went twelve and one or undefeated. I can't remember. They uh, undefeated this year. Undefeated they, this no, year. They play in the celebration bowl. Yeah, salute to that brother, man. And it's like the next time a nigga get a promotion that they next time a nigga leave their job for more money, I'm gonna show up there and be like, "Hey, dog, um, I saw some of your tweets." I'm here to talk to you about leaving your last employer for more money because you said Dion shouldn't have done it. <laughs> and even when he left, Dion has spent the time making sure his team is prepared for the bowl game. Yeah. And he's going to finish that thing out, man. I, I really he even like- ushered the next head coach in. He, he was there and announced him. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, it's like, but go ahead, Joe. I, I can't speak for the delegation, Joe. I don't see what the problem is. I don't see the problems either. You, you can't say at one point in time you want uh, black head coaches at these Power Five schools. You want black head coaches in the NFL. You want black head coaches in other positions. Because it, it seems like niggas want black head coaches at these PWIs. Unless it means they can't be HBCUs. Yeah, make up your mind. I mean, right. it, it, what, what is it, nigga? We, 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 we talk, it it kind of feels like that whole, when we talked about the J.D. Pinkett shit with Will Smith, it's like, do you want us to fight for you or not be toxic? Which one you want? Mm-hmm. Got points. You want us to be, you want us to be represented at these, Power five conferences, or you want us all to be HBCUs? Which one is it, my guy? What did, what did Dion say? Uh, you know what I'm saying? They act like I'm, I'm leaving the HBCU. I'm leaving being black. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said, I'm still going to be dealing with 65 to 75% African-American young men. He been, Even in the NFL, he was the niggas of niggas. What are you talking about? This nigga was, this nigga brought high stepping before you get into the end zone, into the spotlight. Prime time. Think about gold chains and all that. 
niggas had he had niggas in college hanging their gloves off their face masks for a long time. Like I won't be like Dion. I'm put my I'm put my gloves on my face mask while I'm warming up. Why am I here covering niggas? It's like, okay, dog, just put... I know put, niggas in high school used to have all the gear and be begging for number two on their high school jersey. You know what I'm saying? Hey, hey, Deion hey, Sanders went cross-sport, nigga. You remember when niggas was doing the ugly-ass Deion Sanders layup in basketball? Oh, yeah. Hey, hold on. Come on, oh, man. Hey, Joe. <laughs> guess who played cornerback and wore number two in high school? <laughs> yep. This nigga. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh shout out. I mean, we are here at sports uh different segment. Uh I guess still sports. I love it. Let's go. This is just straight hate by a guy who's jealous that he's still playing at a high level. Hold on. Joe be mad at me. Let me uh, load this up right. Uh, moving on. We in the sports now. Uh, I don't know if y'all saw uh, Skip and Shannon getting into it about uh, Timothy Brady. Let's go. Tom, terrific. This is just straight hate by a guy who's jealous that he's still playing at a high level at 45 when you had to stop at 35. That's what you That's do. the point. That's what you do. Every time somebody, every time I call something in a question, I'm jealous. No, yeah. I did what I, I did. I never said you were jealous of Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I did what I did. You make it seem like I was a bum. I'm in the effing Hall of Fame. Oh, I got three Super Bowls. So what? So what? He's way better than you were. I'm better than you were. Hey, you know what? I'm going to reverse this. I'm going to rewind it back. Uh, Kim left. She probably got to get a drink. Uh, But as the brothers here, let's see how many warnings there were (laughs) to let Skip know he had crossed the line. There was warnings before this, though. I mean, I, I don't have the full thing. But I, like right there, it hit me because that nigga's voice went up a couple of octaves. I was like, "Ooh, Skip, Skip might get fucked up today." <laughs> so let's see what we got. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it ain't the full thing. Let's see in this one minute clip how many warnings there are for Skip to know that he' about to get fucked up. This is just straight hate by a guy who's jealous that he's still playing at a high level at 45 when you had to stop at 35. That's what you That's do. The point. That's what you do. Every time somebody, every time I call something in a question, I'm jealous. No, I did well, what I, I did. said you were jealous of Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I did what I did. You make it seem like I was a bum. I'm in the effing Hall of Fame. Oh, I got three so Super Bowls. So what? So what? He's way better than you were. I'm better than you were. See what you do? You take personal shots. No, you I don't, I don't take a personal shot. You started it. Time out. You want to take a personal shot at me? I said, Wait a minute. What are you talking about? You want to take a personal shot? Glasses back on. Can I finish? You want to take a personal hey. shot at me to say this man is better than me because I say he's playing bad? Well, because you 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 just you disrespect me. It's, it's just so. So you know what? It's beneath your dignity. 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 You know what? It's bene
Oh, he don't know. He's living on borrowed time, bro. Hey, those are the eyes of a black man who, who this at this morning, at some point this morning, he logged into his bank account and he's trying to figure out if I fuck this man up right now, the lawyer fees, whatever else I got to pay. Am I gonna be good if I never get another gig like this? That's the that's nigga, what that, that look is right there, nigga. That face right there, it ain't nothing but algebraic expression. Algebraic, <laughs> nigga. Common <laughs> common core math at its fullest right now, nigga, is coming into play. You're trying to figure out what, how much does it cost to fuck this nigga up? How how much it gonna cost? How much it gonna cost me? To fuck this nigga up today. That nigga's that nigga's got that look he's like. I got somebody in his ear because he's got those earpieces. I'm sure there's yeah. someone in his ear like, dude, just stop. Like, but, just, but, just breathe for a second. Just take a moment. Just take a moment. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. But like, you see, Skip just like Skip just don't understand. He in the lion's den right now. Look at his face. He don't understand he the danger, nigga. He over there inspecting the tiger teeth, bro. <laughs> he don't understand the danger, nigga. Skip has failed. Skip. He got his head all in the mouth, nigga. Hey. <laughs> just hey. do it. Skip, just do it. Skip is a kid who grew up thinking that monkeys are just playful creatures, and Skip has fell into a gorilla, a gorilla fucking... The gorilla den, nigga, and he don't understand. He about to get fucked up. <laughs> he about to get fucked up. Skip <laughs> just he's that nigga's in the gorilla pen with Harambe dog. Yeah. yeah he, hey, he was there with Harambe. He was Harambe. No, no. He, 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 he watching note from the inside though. Hey, Shannon, Shannon, like as I call it, the nigga tea kettle. The fucking octaves went up. Yeah. <laughs> nigga tea kettle. The nigga tea kettle, dog. That's like to me, that's the big like that's the biggest warning. Like when they, <laughs> Hey, hey, watch your niggas hands. When the nigga tea kettle go off, something about to pop, dog. Hey, when that when the when the nigga take his glasses off and put it, his there we go. Took his glasses off. The bridges of his fucking nose in his eyes and say, You got it, dog. And then you when that nigga it. was like, You acting like I ain't nobody? Like I ain't no like I ain't did nothing. That's another one, nigga. Like you questioning my manhood, dog. You questioning me, dog. Nigga, I'm in the hall of fucking fame. I'm one of the greatest tight ends ever. Nigga, ever, 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 okay, nigga. Football players ever. Yeah, nigga. Fuck Tony. Fuck Kelsey. Fuck all. Nigga, I was playing tight end when you could put hands on a nigga, dog. I'm one of the greatest tight ends ever, nigga. And like you questioning me, dog, nigga, dog. Skip was like, I, I, thank you, thank you, AC. He was walking around. He had Harambe next to next to him, and he didn't even know it, nigga. He's about to get drug. Drug. <laughs> Man, you see, you see, Skip try to turn around at the end, talking about I'm gonna go and shoot. Like, nah, bitch. You, you know, you need to back up. Yeah, because like, what, what happens to white men though, and I think like white people in general is that they think 
niggas are like, oh, I agree with you. No, niggas is trying to calculate their pocketbooks. That's what my man doing right there. Like, okay, if I fuck you up right now, how much money am I going to need to make sure I get to keep the big house with the full-size gym in the swimming pool? Huh. It was going through them calculations. Yeah, like dog, the calculations was calculating. Hey, when we like, say, when we say the math ain't mathing, the math is mathing right now, dog. Hey, bro, you remember, <laughs> you remember, you remember the beautiful mind when Russell Crowe kept seeing all them calculations? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. <laughs> that is that is Shannon Sharp right now, dog. Dog, Shannon Shit. was like, "Let me catch you on the dark alley one day." That nigga said, "Carry the seven. Uh, like, <laughs> hey, dog. I was just like, I mean, oh no, yeah. Cause we were talking about it work, dog. I said to me, whenever I hear nigga go, hey, like, oh, okay, okay, nigga. The nigga, t- the nigga tea kettle popping off, nigga. I need to watch you. I have, I have definitely hit a nerve. Nope. <laughs> nope. Oh shit. Okay. Hey, cause Joe has done it to me a few times. I'm like, hey, nigga, hey. It's several times when we if we was doing this shit live in person, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how this shit would have went. <laughs> my bad, I'm I, bad. So, I, so I, I made sure uh, that when I put in the uh, the brothers and sisters breaking bread chat group, I was like, "See, it ain't just us. It ain't just us." <laughs> I love that freeze frame though. Cause Shannon, like, I really want to fuck him up. I want to fuck him up so bad right now. Anyway, man, uh, and fuck Skip. I mean, I and I I hate Skip Bayless, dog. He is just, I hate him. And uh, hold on, he got a history of that shit, bro. Hold on, hold on. Uh, Y'all keep talking. Hold on, I'm trying to find this shit. You know, Skip got a history of that shit, man. Uh, uh, What's his name? Had to read his ass. Um, Oh, Jalen Rose. I'm trying to find it. Roger, uh, Richard Sherman had to read his ass. Jalen Jalen Rose had to read his ass. I'm trying to find this shit. Hold on. Yeah, skipping shit. What do you call that nigga? Water pistol. Water pistol. Pete. <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh, of course you got to have a YouTube ad, but uh, anyway, yeah. We're going to play uh, how you handle this shit when you are a professional athlete and somebody who never made a play as uh, high school basketball tries to t- talk to you. Quit. It was the best choice I ever made because I had no chance of, of making it there as any kind of a starting player. So I, I now I look, and that has nothing to do with anything. So in this clip, you have uh, Skip Bayless again, a little younger. Jalen Rose is on the show in uh Jalen Rose, um, he came prepared. He read the assignment. Make you physical. Just because you're a shooting guard, that don't mean you can jack up threes. That's what, what were you, Jalen? What, what were you? What were you? Did you? What were you? Did you average one point four yeah, points yeah, as a senior yeah. in high school? Yeah, I did. Okay, so yeah. all of that pistol P stuff, water pistol P okay. Junior. Okay, we'll discuss that later. We're okay. going to. And don't ignore that. Did you play junior? Yeah. You play JV as a junior? Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. So I followed what you. What okay. were you? What was uh, your position? I had no position. I have. You no were a point guard. I have no game. You were a point guard. I have no All right. Game. Well, is is that more for the fans? Do you think? This nigga ain't calling Water Pistol Pete. He calling Water Pistol Pete Junior. <laughs> he said, "Hold on, nigga. Did you play JV as a junior?" <laughs> okay, I found this on the web. For how old, Nick, did you play JV as a junior? Damn it! Check Siri? it out. Siri, Siri, shut up. Shut the fuck up. We don't want to try hear you right now. <laughs> Siri, Siri, just say, "Hold on, nigga. I got information." <laughs> I, I'm, I'm here to help. Get Stop to know it. Siri at Apple.com. Shut the fuck up, Siri. This <laughs> <laughs> nigga, nigga Roger coming back to the show. Rusty in the motherfucker, man. <laughs> hey, I can't help but if Siri won't be a part of the show. Are y'all hearing her too? This, this, nigga, this nigga don't know the plays no more. This nigga, <laughs> hey. Oh, I'm not sure I understand. I mean, the Is there something bro. else I can help with? No, Siri. <laughs> Bye, okay. Siri. Uh, no, but yeah, that 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 like that nigga was like, wait a minute, you average one point four points, and then like his rebuttal is, you were a point guard. It's like, yeah, nigga, I was also in the NBA. What are we talking about? <laughs> In the NBA Finals, nigga. <laughs> he said, hey, dog. Hey, that motherfucker. Hey, because that do matter, though, to niggas that play ball. Wait a minute. You was playing JV as a junior? Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, nigga. Because uh, Jalen was like, I was playing varsity as a, as a freshman. <laughs> anyway. Uh, fuck skip, always. Uh, okay. I don't know how I got over there. Boom, boom. We got, let's keep it moving. We got sidetracked. Uh, two-year-old boy swallowed by a hippo. That's bad. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, hippos is fucking up. Yeah. I do want to, I do want to ask though, why aren't there more universities like the, the fucking Houston hippos, the, I mean, because they're very vicious creatures. Because they make awesome plushies. I get it. I get it. Because someone else brought up, too, like, maybe it's racism that's tied into it. Like, the pit, the, like the pit state gorillas. The gorilla is a fucking great mascot, dog. They are v- vicious. And I don't know. You know, it's, uh, shout out my athlete, uh, is at Pitt State. Hey. And he's out here beasting. Uh, he, he, uh, anchored a four by four that won the other day. So nice. he's, uh, PR and all type of stuff, man. So Pitt State Gorillas, shout out. You ever been to a football game down there, Joe? Or anybody? I have been in the stadium for track meets. We, uh, we go to a meet down there. Dog. Game now for the football games, nigga. Everybody, UCM for a football game. I've been to uh Northwest Missouri for a football game. I haven't been there. Pitt State, for Pitt State, dog. It's, I mean, of course, you know, it's not a big, a big school, but the fucking atmosphere, nigga, they got but this big they ass tradition. They have yeah. a tradition, definitely. yeah. They got this big ass inflatable gorilla, nigga, and they got smoke. 
And they got niggas in the fucking stands throwing fucking bananas at the motherfucking the visiting team. As I went to Washburn, you know what I'm saying, and Pitt State's in MIAA. Yeah, dog, it's it's way different, nigga. And they they play that. Welcome to the jungle. We got a it a a it's intimidating. Nah, I ain't nigga, gonna lie. nigga, we played Pitt State three years in a row. Yeah, when I was at Lincoln. Yeah, Mm-mm, that's different. That's that's a goddamn division two, division one. And back then, them niggas was national championship contenders. Yeah, oh, they, they was beast. They they still they, they was beast. They they didn't go to the championship game, but they was in the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but I'm, yeah, no, West just took the fuck off. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, you, AC, you you been there, nigga? It's different. No, it's different. Now, that that felt like that was one of the only games when I went there coaching at Lincoln. That shit felt like a Division One atmosphere. Nigga, when that smoke come off and they start rocking that big ass inflatable gorilla back and forth, nigga, it's time. Nigga, and that it's like that <laughs> it's time. Is shaking. It's time. It's a nice stadium. It's a very nice stadium. They got oh, yeah. nice, a video board. Yeah, it's nice. Very nice. That's very nice. I like. I was like, oh, because I was at Washburn. I was like, ooh, this is what it's supposed to be like. <laughs> Niggas they actually a, in the stadium want to come watch you play. They got a 300 meter indoor track. I know that. I yeah. Know that you can do with this. But. Yeah. Can I give y'all a quick little side note? No, ma'am. Go. I'm joking. Back in 20, yes. I'm Back joking. In 2014, Go ahead. You on KC swapped their mascot to be a hippo. Really? Yeah. The hippos? Yeah. <laughs> what, what year? In 2014. I don't know nothing about that. I thought they were the, the rules no more? They, they're back to being the rules now, but it says, we feel this is a better representation of the potential UMKC has. See, hippos are actually very dominant, aggressive creatures. So with the implementation of the pygmy hippo as the new mascot, it symbolizes the university's determination to become a force to be reckoned with. I think I, I th- the uh, rules be boxing, though. No, yeah. A rule will yeah. fuck you up, though, too. But I think a hippo, I, I think people, like y'all said, though, or Joe said like that people think the hippo is this big plushy creature and they will fuck your whole day up. They, they, we talk about the day. Yeah, they will fuck your family up, nigga. They, nigga, they swallowed a, this nigga he tried to swallow a, a kid whole. Nigga, they made a whole game over this shit. Milton Burrow and then Hungry Hungry Hippos. Hungry Hungry Hippos. Yeah. You know what they was they was it probably just all them white it probably wanted to make it black beads instead of white beads. That's probably why. Mm. That's probably why they didn't succeed. Mm. I see. I see it. I see it. I see it. The, the hungry hippo eating the colonizer. Yep, I get it. <laughs> hey, he was probably inspecting tiger teeth. Yeah. Um, we. I mean, I got out of order here. You know what? We know. We know what. Winston Salem, HPUs, they fucking up. Kim. She 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 made her peace with it. We need to we need to get we need to take our safe spaces back. No, I don't I don't know. I can't really. Do y'all know what happened? Happened. All I know is that the woman wanted an apology. She didn't get an apology. She called the police and the student was arrested. That's super unfortunate. This is also 
Right. Well, actually, it wasn't. The, why they got a white professor at Winston Salem State? I I will say it some was, of my best professors were white professors. They are white professors in, in black settings because HBCUs they, they they include everybody. I do get that, but and, and Joe Joe's they, Joe's was Joe's being Joe. Joe. The seventh chance of Harambe. Excuse me. The seventh chance of Harambe. Harambe. But Harambe. But I but uh Cam it was it wasn't the actual it wasn't the professor in the classroom. It was someone, I guess, next door who called mm. the police. Oh, yes. Maybe it was some. They heard, you know, of some voices. They heard that. They heard that. They heard that the nigga tea kettle go off, and they're like, "Oh, oh, oh! Call the police! Somebody about to get fucked up!" <laughs> <laughs> they heard that nigga tea kettle alert them. I feel like it being the next door person makes it even worse. Like, why are you yeah. getting involved in this and you don't even know what's happening? I, yeah. I agree. But then why wouldn't the other teacher, like, prevent it from happening? Like, tell the person, like, it's cool. She was just getting upset. I was upset. You don't need to arrest them. Like, I don't know why it escalated to the point where the police were still. Oh, I, I agree. They took her out. Like, I'm assuming they took her out because that's what the story said. But why did it even get to that point? I agree. And and it still remains that they all agree it still remains it was over a uh paper or homework assignment. Crazy. Unfortunate. Well yeah, I I I definitely agree. I mean like I don't understand why Dion is going to a PWI mm-hmm. but Jack got PWPs come over here to teach our kids. Mm. <laughs> 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 you keep on throwing them letters together, Joe. You just keep it up. Yes. Keep it up. PWP. These predominantly white professors come over here and teach our kids. And then, and then just Professor Karen coming over here and <laughs> calling the cops. And, and actually, I, I think the, the woman in the class, she is Hispanic. Oh, the the professor is the one who did not call the police. I think the I think it is a white woman who did call the police, but the hold on here. Uh, I think it was you can't really open this up. I think it was reported. Oh yeah, that's definitely uh yeah. Oh, she might have married into that. But no, even when you see her picture though, uh, I'm trying to. The videos kind of. Picture. Well, like uh, there's a better video. She mm-hmm. does look Hispanic. Okay. I mean, you know, we got stuff too. Yeah. Y'all support your HBCUs. I, I, I just supported mine. I'm getting ready to go back to school, so uh, my lovely organization is gonna pay for another degree at an HBCU. I did, I did have to go to the restroom, but I do I do enjoy your sidestep though. That's pretty good. It's like <laughs> it's like a that, that, that it's like that hitting that hitting that uh what is it, the right shoulder button back in the day, get that motherfucking on Madden, get that little sidestep. That's cool. L anyway, two. Huh? L it's called L two. L two. Hey, can't hit the L <laughs> two <laughs> <laughs> You said she be in that the Philly shell. Like, <laughs> the Philly shell like, 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 like throwing the Umar, Dr. Umar Spearman in the house. <laughs> Actually That one legit that hurts. 
It might. Hold on. This might be the longest title ever. Sodom and Gomorrah brought to you by Dr. Umar Spearman, nigga. <laughs> okay, okay, we gotta keep it going. Uh, hey man, that's enough of this shit, bro. I think I think we good on the episode. Episode. Okay, we good. We good. And no, yeah. I just want to say, uh, cause we are a show that talks about checking in, and we. Has said numerous times that we love check ins and mental health and all that stuff, man. Uh, I know who he is. Not a big fan of it. I mean, I'm not, I didn't dislike the Ellen show, just didn't watch it. Um, Stephen Twitch Boss uh, left a suicide note alluding to past challenges. And I guess to me, the biggest thing about that is I do know he was a brother who would like, you know, put videos on Twitter and social media of his wife and children dancing and you would not have any idea that his brother was in pain. Like you, There was no idea of it. You know what I'm saying? It, on the outside looking in and as we talk about on the show all the time, man, you don't know a person's personal struggles. Um, checking on your people um, and I think we take it for granted when I, I don't take it for granted when Kim and AC, they do check-ins, just say, how you doing, this and that. I definitely appreciate it. Because sometimes I'm not at a low, but I'm just not right. And it just feels good to have someone just to chime in and say, hey, how you doing, bro? To see that phone call. And sometimes AC call, I ain't going to lie. I'm just like, I don't feel like fucking talking. Ain't got nothing to do with him. But I answer the phone, and immediately when I hear that brother's voice, I'm like, I'm uplifted. And I appreciate it. So, yeah, man, you got to, even though we out here diddy bopping and whatever, whatever, putting shit on social media, Facebook, uh, Instagram, everybody smiling and laughing, you never know, man. So continue to check in on your people. Continue to to make sure the people that you love aren't suffering behind closed doors. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, and, and this, and you can definitely go back and do a Google search of his videos. And it's a lot of recent ones too, with him and his wife and their kids dancing and everything seems fine. Brother committed suicide, left a note. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, man, we all struggle silently um and sometimes it takes just a simple hello how you doing to uh alleviate some of that pain so let's continue to do that for each other i appreciate you uh kim and ac i really do just one little caveat though um 988 is the suicide loneliness prevention line so if someone is feeling you know if you just feel like you need someone to talk to you need to make outreach to someone you can text but you can also call so it's 988 um and if there's other means if you're feeling like you're going to do something else you know just take yourself somewhere safe like an emergency room someplace safe but yeah this is this is a this is a loss this is a big loss this is a hurt loss <sighs> 
All right, man. I think, uh, yeah, uh, all the tabs have been tabulated, man. Any caveats out there? Everybody good? All right, man. Once again, man, uh, Lady Lavender, Miss Honeybun, Slim AC, half of the Buzz of Doom, Joe Jeff. I'm the Casey Stork. Never, ever, ever miss a moment to break bread with your brothers and sisters. Fuck, I'm so happy to be back. We out. Do your thing, bro. Rock to this. Move your hips, girl, bop with us. Who's that claiming they can chop it up? True facts, it ain't no stopping us. Do your thing, bro, rock to this. Move your hips, girl, bop with us. Who's that claiming they can chop it up? True facts, it ain't no stopping us. Eyes closed, who you know that's this cold? In your nation state, let alone your zip code. Million tracks, man, I'm known to rip those. This one here got MCs exposed. See them out there, man, they tapping their toes. Shim in the lab, what's happening, bro? Coming from the road, man, I'm ready to go. Crown on ice like that in the zone. Sample kind of slap, throw that on the flow. Add a boom bat, bro, you already know. Let them throw shade, it ain't harm me, though. In no way, that's harmony, bro. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. Step out of line, goodwill could end. Here's a secret, I won't feel them in. I work 9 to 5, 5 to 9 again. Transport back to 95 again. Beats on the lunchroom table, send. A message to the brain, it's time to jump in. Cypher with friends, turn boys to men. Way back when, I might avoid a spin. Back to the now, I'm destroying men. Train for the rain, how it's supposed to be. MCs, I was exposed to them. Uh, do your thing, bro. Rock to this. Move your hips, girl. Bop with us. Who's that claiming they can chop it up? True facts, it ain't no stopping us. Do your thing, bro. Rock to this. Move your hips, girl. Bop with us. Who's that claiming they can chop it up? True facts, it ain't no stopping us. Building, taking all types of medicine. medicine. <laughs> you was better than hey, hey son. son. I keep playing this in orbit. <laughs> Why don't we come deeper and more shit? Enough to make you take your ass because I create. Why as good as a tasty cake? Mix. Mix. Your style, a master, then niggas catch your hate. But what? what? You need it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was, hey, yeah, I was on that. Hey, not, 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 uh, old dirty, but I was on my twin this morning, uh, Red Man. Woo! I saw the post, nigga. Mm. I was on that Red Man this morning. Up in the sky. Cause I knew we was gonna be on some bullshit. I had to have my mind right. Fred's arrest pass. Had a, uh, a Wu Tang theme for like the last month, month and a half, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Feds. Kim, did you catch, uh, did you listen to the last episode? I did. Did you catch your uh, reference? You the, you the jizzer? It was accurate. Okay. No complaints had. No complaints had. Okay. Uh, did you catch yours? Who were you? Who were the, um, 
Oh, she's Capadonna. I thought man. she was Capadonna, yeah. I, I, that's what y'all came up with after the fact. I think it was Inspector Deck in the moment. Ah, uh, It was okay. Deck in the moment. It was Deck in the moment. For me, I, I was like, like yeah, like Capadonna. I, yeah, I, like I like Deck better. Deck better? Deck better? Inspector Deck part. What you say? What? I heard that on the show, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they 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 were talking about it in the chat group after the fact. They tried to change it up in revisionist history. I was like, nah, we ain't doing that. Well, I wasn't on the show, so I to my <laughs> to my credit, we didn't come up with that. <laughs> I like that up with that anyway. Because because Deck is like they want to sit back, watch you play yourself, and all that, right? And take you to court after that, cause she and also she the rebel on AS. <laughs> oh no, just like I like the Capadonna though. That win awards. Ooh. You know Capadonna don't say much, but when Capadonna speaks, nigga, he speaks. Hey. <laughs> you act like Deck don't. The Deck do too. Yeah. I, that's why I, I ain't mad either way. I ain't mad either way. I just know to me, like, Capadonna had, like, probably one of the best verses. Fucking that went to wars, dog. That motherfucker just. Oh, yeah, that nigga for two, that nigga for two and a half minutes straight just. Woo. Nigga just like, let me rewind this, nigga. Woo. <laughs> Are we forgetting Inspector Deck verse on Triumph, bro? No. Oh, no. They, they That's like a top ten verse all time. They, I don't type. It's tight. I like Capadonna on Winter Wars. Nah, Winter Wars is harder than I that, like Capadonna on Winter Wars, baby. But I think Winter, I think Winter Wars might be a better track all all, all around. That might be the problem. The flavor, yeah. It's but, also the tier flavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I ain't mad either way. They both niggas both drop some hot bars. I ain't mad either way. I just like I don't care. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, all right, put that up. All right, let's look at something. Ooh, I ain't see this. Brown Taylor's. What's up? You going to bed, buddy? I'm not going to bed. Tom, go to bed. You gonna say? As a star. As a star. Say, talk to the microphone. Dad. Say, hey. Dad. What's your name? Ellis. Ellis who? Let me go. No. What's your What's your full name? Ellis, let Ellis, me go. Ellis Raymond Winston. That's right. Give you government. Put him in the headlock. Like, nigga, what's your name? What's your name? Say your name, nigga. Say Toby. He gave you the middle name too. Ellis Lamont Wilson. Ellis. Ellis. Ellis Raymond Winston. Raymond Winston. Rain Man. What are y'all bothering me? Get the fuck out of here. Say goodnight. Say goodnight to everybody. Goodnight. What's your name? Grant. Grant what? Grant Winston. What's your middle name? Joseph. All right. <laughs> uh, I like that one. Grant Joseph. Yes, yes. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. Them two little dudes' personalities is wild, bro. They are wild, sir. <laughs> they are wild. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. One more person throw something at me. All right, good night, man. Good night. I'm
break bread with your brothers whenever possible. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is the Riot Podcast. Good Monday, December 19th. Oh, guys, Monday before Christmas. Yeah. Did everybody have a good weekend? I think so. Yours was good? Yeah, pretty good. Isaiah, good? Pretty solid. Any stories you guys like to share that didn't make it into the show? Uh, I told Hudson my dogs got, my dogs escaped again. again. That's like twice in a week. I know. (laughs) See, last week I thought like a guy was doing like a winter treatment on the grass. Yeah. And so I blamed it and I was like, oh, the guy never shut the gate. Yeah. And so my dogs got behind my house. There's like a ravine. Uh, but that's not the case. One of my other gates has like a bottom part mm-hmm. that must have shifted like with the ground, maybe when it got cold Yeah, and they found it. Mm-hmm. And so I was coming home on Saturday and I, I was on Facebook and it sent me alert in our little community page. And I was like, that's my dog. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> that Rolo, one's mine. That one's mine. I was like, why is Rolo? So Rolo got like maybe 20 houses down the road uh-huh. and cinnamon and sugar stayed nearby. So they came back, but oh. it was just like, man, where are you guys at? Sounds like you owe somebody an apology. Rolo or the guy who I blamed it on? Yeah, the lawn guy. It could have been maybe he broke it when he mm, still went in. So uh-huh. I'm still, I'm going to leave that as, still a, suspicious. as a possibility. Yeah. But I'm glad my dogs are back. Yeah, we are too. Isaiah, any uh, any news? Nothing too much. I had, I uh, watched, uh, watched the movie Avatar 2. Uh-huh. Real, real exciting. Did that on Friday night. Before that, I got Hot Chicken Takeover. Oh. That was exciting. So I went there on Friday night. Real good. Yesterday, I figured out where I went. I went to Condado's Tacos, uh-huh. and I had their tacos there. And you know what? I was underwhelmed. You don't like mm. it? I can mark it down as not very impressed. Probably will not return. Do you think tacos... <laughs> but I love it when he was trying to tell us that. You told us like every other place but that. I yeah. know. I couldn't you remember where I went. Off. You're like, th- I went to the worst taco place and then listed every taco place in town. You yeah. had enough slander uh-huh. that someone could have sued you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I didn't know. I couldn't figure out which one it was because I couldn't remember. Remember, but it wasn't that the tacos were bad. Mm-hmm. It's just that they don't have many options. Like their um, menu is, yeah, is really small for like a Mexican place. So that you'd think they'd have more options. They, think... they didn't even have quesadillas there. That's no how way. I was upset. Oh, you always need that for someone who can't exactly. handle Mexican food. That's yeah. what I thought. And I looked at the menu because usually I would get like a steak or chicken quesadilla. Did you look in the kids' menu? If I'm being a little bit more conservative. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't even have it I mean, on the menu. I probably could have asked for yeah, it. Yeah, they have the ingredients. I could have asked for it for sure, but like it's not on the menu, so I didn't want to look... Oh, they probably would have charged you like double the price. Yeah, for no shit. reason. <laughs> uh, do you think this might be an interesting question on the show? Uh, so maybe I should save it. But like stuff that where you expected the cheaper version to taste better. In other words, like I think a lot of times for barbecue, 
you don't want to go to a nice sit-down barbecue place. Mm. You want to go to a something that's attached to a gas station. Oh, like the barbecue hut? Yeah, mm. it's something that doesn't have a bathroom or uh, seating. Yeah, but you then just want to go to a window, and they probably have like rats crawling in there. But it just depends on the person. So that's the thing. Like it probably tastes better sauce wise. Uh-huh. But I'm afraid. What are they barbecuing? Yeah. Well, you don't want sauce on it if it's good. No, I'm afraid. What meat option are we having? Yeah. Is it your old neighbor? Or like, I mean, if it tastes good, it? it tastes good, right? No, yeah. No. I guess for me, I don't prefer the really crappy places. That's yeah. just I just am not but as think, much into. I think it. sometimes like the taco trucks, right? Sometimes that's Those better. Good, yeah. See, they're than, good, but like I would never choose. I would never go to one. I would never even give it a chance. But I'm sure it'd be good too, like real authentic. But no, I would you never already do wrote it, it off. Don't, I would, yeah. don't I wouldn't even do it. Right I wouldn't. Don't try I wouldn't to do cover it. yourself now. I'm just saying. I mean, I think they're trash. I'll be honest. If you want me to slander them, I'll slander them. If you're in a taco what a, truck, what an it's trash. What to come bring on this show? I love it. I like, think taco trucks are terrible. I think so they're trash. I just said. They have to trash. be a taco truck. That's why every food truck is escaping. There, are, you know, bad <laughs> reviews and they're bad food before. But there's plenty of good trucks. But if you get any food trucks now, there are so more expensive than a restaurant like i don't even think of doing them anymore you're right about that you're right about that um and i have a taco truck right by my uh sits in the gas station right next to me nice i bet you it's great but it is super expensive so i've never tried it that's the problem yeah uh let's see we do cover avatar in the box office Mm -hmm. we also cover your big football stuff from the weekend Mm -hmm. both kinds of football yeah both oh yeah soccer as well Mm mm-hmm Anything hey. else? We also talked about uh, how long you should Nikki wait. Nikki was just stealing your job. I know. I liked it. Honestly, I loved every second of it. Uh, also, Nikki, you want to be the producer? Oh, I yeah. can do it, too. It's fine. Uh, how long should you wait after getting your year-end bonus to quit? And we also talked your about- Your year-end bonus. Your year-end bonus. <laughs> What are you for? What are you doing? Wait, what did I say? They want the they, podcast. You just re- you just ran it, like you just said it like that? It sounded He's like you said your urine, bo- your, your urine bonus. How long should you wait after getting your urine bonus? Year. <laughs> why, are you, why are you doing your that? Year, your year, you don't year, 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 year in bonus. Year, say year. Your year end. Your year end bonus? There yes, we go. There you go. That's better. Got it. So your year end bonus? That's. No. <laughs> Don't tell me how to speak. I'm a professional talker. Don't tell me how to talk. Well, we'll help you figure out if you're wanting to quit. Or I guess I don't know if we ever really come to an agreement on how long one should wait. Yeah, but, it's um, situational. Generally. Yeah, everybody has different situations. You can't be sure. Of when you get your urine bonus. You know, you'll know when you know. <laughs> you'll know when you know. Uh-huh. When it's the right time. Is it the right time? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. Well, enjoy the podcast today. Uh Kevin from Disciple also joined us. That's right. So if you're watching this podcast, when you're done, hop to the video before. And if you are a audio podcast listener, head over to Radio U Riot on our Facebook and our YouTube channel where you can watch Kevin from Disciple uh, talk about new Disciple music and Winter Jam. All right. We'll catch you next time. Bye. See you guys. And so long. The only thing Isaiah loves more than the riot is himself. Someone who probably still lives with his mother and hates himself. You're listening to The Riot on Radio U. Uh, In Australia, (laughs) uh, Australians are being urged not to seek out sinister spinach. What is that? Sounds like a band, like an old band. Does it? 
Like from the would that 60s, be 80s? Like a punk band, Ooh, like an early punk, Sinister like early spinach. garage. Yeah. Uh, Sinister Spinach. They're being urged not to seek that out. And that sounds like, uh, I think that sounds like weed, doesn't it? Yeah, but it's not. The Devil's Lettuce, Sinister Spinach, you know. But that's not. It's similar, but that's not what it is. Uh, they've had an, a situation where... Uh, just standard spinach that's being sold in grocery stores uh, has been recalled because it has been reported that it's caused hallucinations and delirium. The spinach? Yeah, more than 130 people who ate uh, some spinach experienced hallucinations and delirium uh, that they believe is traced back to uh, spinach that was grown on a farm in Victoria, in Australia. So, what was the farm doing? Um, they think uh, they think that it was some kind of nightshade, like some kind of other plant, got oh, mixed, mixed in, in with it. the spinach well, that's that scary. you wouldn't normally eat. So, it's sold at uh, fine Australian places like Woolworths, Coles, <laughs> Aldi, Aldi, and Costco. Uh oh, Costco. Food standards, uh, Australia, New Zealand are coordinating a recall of the sinister spinach. Yeah. So, obviously, for most people, you uh, surprisingly get hallucinations and delirium. That's a negative. But for some Australians, they're actually seek some reportedly seeking out. Oh, they're trying this to spinach. find it. They're trying to get this and use that as a cheap high. Gosh, of and course, be real is what cheap, people I are guess. doing. I don't think spinach costs very much. Boy, your 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 family's like, why are you eating so much spinach recently? Yeah, no wow. reason. Wow, <laughs> he's really looking a little strong. Actually, Jeez. his iron is going through the roof. So he must say, really care about that. They're saying it could be a multitude of plants that have gotten in with the spinach to cause this. Uh, they say it's it can be very common for a a poisonous weed of this type to get in with like p- potatoes or tomatoes or spinach and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, it just all looks the same, and it got harvested, and it can be very difficult for them to identify. It looks the same as potatoes. No, and it, spinach. It can grow a lot oh, in okay. potato stuff gotcha. and tomato plants too. Okay, well, this is—I mean, this is no joke. I, I understand why people are seeking this out. Listen to what it can cause: delirium, confusion, hallucinations, dilated pupils, rapid heartbeats. Gosh, sounds like a morning. Flushed like a normal face. Morning. <laughs> uh, blurred vision. Dry mouth, skin, and fe- uh, dry mouth and skin. And a fever. Why do you Doesn't want that? Doesn't that sound that? like fun? No one wants that. Yeah. You go. Come on. Me and the buddies are getting together. We're going to eat some spinach. We're going to have a fever and dry mouth. Sinister spinach. Sinister spinach. Oh, they right. did say some kids got sick too, uh, mm-hmm. which means they'll forever have a argument to their parents on never yeah. eating spinach again. I think uh, I think they could win that one. Uh, you don't want to eat a lot of spinach anyways. Uh, unless it's mixed in with stuff. Sometimes like in a soup or something. Yeah, it could a be good. Stew, a stew, uh, Italian wedding soup perhaps. I like an omelet with some spinach. Oh, you sneak that but in there. Spinach artichoke dip some people are into. If it's going to make me sick. No, definitely not. You don't want this. So uh, you lay off the spinach for a little while. Don't go find it. Disinformation. Mispronunciations. Bad impressions. That's Hudson. This is The Riot on Radio U. Could swing by the Radio U Instagram to see the Christmas cookies that we all decorated 
for our Riot Christmas party. That was on Thursday night. You guys had a chance to vote over the weekend, so we'll unveil who you think uh, won that competition. Yeah. Which one of you guys added up all the votes? Um, I went based on like the Twitter poll uh-huh. or not Twitter poll, but the Instagram stories poll. Okay. So I think, you know, I kind of added up from that way. And what did that say? Well, I can't unveil it now. What do you mean? I thought that's what we were doing. Oh, we're doing it now? Yeah, I was ah! going to. Okay, if we're ready, uh, I did Wait. win. How much? Uh, you- it was, here, I'll pull it up. I think Probably it was- like 95% was Nikki, <laughs> and it- then like 4% was me, and Hudson had like zero votes. Yeah. I think it was 9 or I saw 90%. One, one pity vote for me in the comments. Really? I didn't but say it was number a pity one vote, fan. but it was definitely a pity vote. Uh, mine were a disaster, and even if I didn't uh, ruin them with tinfoil, I still would have lost. But uh, <laughs> but nevertheless, it was still Nikki cute. Dominated. So based on our Instagram stories poll, which people were able to vote on Facebook as well, uh, uh, but I won with eighty eight percent of the vote. Isaiah, you had seven percent. That's pretty hey. good. And Hudson, you got five percent of the vote hey. too. So not bad. Based off of uh, how much I should have gotten, I feel pretty good about yeah, that. Yeah, you did you get should. some. Yeah. Uh, so did we decide what Nikki's prize is? Oh, just the honor. It's just That's an honor. It? Yeah. Or you want to just have this be my last day of the week? No. <laughs> well, let's not get crazy. Get the well, rest of the week off. <laughs> I was going to suggest that you do deserve a prize, and that prize is make you... more cookies. No. Yeah, sure. Get more. Oh, that's, that's a good, good. idea. <laughs> I was thinking uh, your prize is that you don't get punished for finishing last out of the three of us in the Radio U Fantasy League. Now wait, do I? Okay, so we have the Radio U Football Fantasy League. Yeah. I thought the punishment would be if you were last out of the entire station and I'm not last out of the entire station. That is true. You're not so last out of the entire station. I don't think you making a... I wouldn't have had a punishment anyways. I yes. I think so. I mean, I, out of the three of us, obviously... I think whoever comes in first should get a prize. Yeah. Well, I don't understand why. Uh, we never set that rule up that it was whoever was last out of all the radio UDJs. So you, which would be you really want ZK. To pun- yeah, you really want to punish ZK. I think we should. Oh, I don't want to. He's so nice. Okay. <laughs> but he's in 20th out yeah. of 20. We but hardly even see him. I don't I'd think that's really right. I'd rather punish him before me. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> if it's not ZK, then it's you, though. I know, but you can't punish me for it because I'm because not Because you won the cookie contest yeah all right fine all right deal let's <laughs> handshake on that it. i'll yeah. take it <laughs> and besides that you didn't even play so <laughs> hey, well you know fair uh we're still going right isaiah i'm still, still yeah going. i'm gonna win again not the cookie contest Shocker. but the fantasy football league. yeah so i'm gonna i think and i'm gonna I, move on we put a lot more effort into that mm. so hey you know like, what i tried on my cookies all right it was did. last minute i tried i don't want to be grouped up with hudson's you poor just effort said it was last minute. i don't want to be uh, grouped up with hudson's poor effort I, I, tried. I put in a good effort i just have very uh low talent for anything artistic well if you can't um you can't still vote like that's over but if you head over to radio U official on instagram you can see the cookie still mm-hmm. just go back a couple of posts and i would encourage checking out isaiah's because he had the cutest snowman with peanut butter cup uh hats on oh, yeah you pump Everybody them up now real cute that touch uh-huh. they love that, that and what can it. we even say about hudson's there's nothing there's nothing a lot of people it. said a mistake must have happened i know they're like what happened to his cookies <laughs> no there was no mistake that's just 
That's, that's your just design. how it is. Uh-huh. That's all right. But that thanks, was, everybody, for voting. That was just really the best I could do. Your For You page would be a lot more fun if it had Hudson, Nikki, and Isaiah. Follow at Radio U Official on TikTok. The Riot. Radio U. Monday tradition, football headlines. We've got some good ones. Was it Was it a crazy week, Isaiah? I know you watched some football. It was... Okay. Oh, he's not agreeing with you. I thought it was all right. It was. There was some wild games. There this was weekend. a couple good games. There was a lot of good games. It was just they were all spread out. Uh, Nikki, do you yeah. have any uh, feelings about whether it was a wild weekend or not? Well, I saw the Bengals beat the Buccaneers. Uh-huh. I saw wild, that wouldn't you say? Whoa. Yeah. That uh, was, so I thought maybe you guys would be excited about that. That was a good one. That didn't quite make the cut. Uh, the Buccaneers just keep losing, so... That's you know that's not even newsworthy anymore. It's just Any what other they do. year it would have been newsworthy, uh, uh, yeah. but just not this season. Yeah. All right. Headline number one. This is going back to Saturday. Madness in Minnesota. Vikings pull off biggest comeback victory in NFL history. They were down by thirty-three points. Whoa! And came back and won the game. You know how many times that's happened against who? The Colts. The, oh, the old Colts. Indianapolis yeah. Colts. Uh huh. Uh, it's never, never been a bigger comeback in the history of the NFL. And, uh, I guess credit to the Vikings for never giving up, you know, most teams down 33 points probably would just pack it in, especially when it's the Vikings are already going to make the playoffs. They could have just been like, now nah, we'll, we'll I, play another week. I bet all the fans left already. <laughs> I know all the Vikings fans like we're getting crushed. We we're need to get out of here, but they came all the way back. It was pretty, I mean, it was incredibly impressive. And yeah. for Matt Ryan, the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts, now he's given up the biggest comeback in NFL history in the regular season and yeah. in the Super Bowl. Aww. So bad for Matt Ryan. Yeah, it is. It really, it's a testament to the Vikings for coming back, but it is unreal that you, as the Colts, you could blow that bad. A, a lead of that caliber. Uh, talking about completely blowing it, next headline. Dumbest play of the year cost Patriots the game versus the Raiders. Did you guys see this? Yes. Uh, The final play of the Patriots-Raiders game. The game is tied up, ready to go to overtime. The Patriots have the ball. And I appreciate this. A lot of teams, when it's tied, it's like the last play regulation. They just take a a knee, and they're like, we'll go to overtime. The Patriots didn't want to do that. So they actually uh, did a run play, got a few yards off of it, they're running back in what I felt, and maybe Isaiah, I want to hear what you say, but I thought it was kind of heads up. He laterals it before he gets tackled back to uh, another player, Jacoby Myers, trying to keep the play alive. It was a pretty safe lateral, right? Like, yeah. He keep, just gives it a shot, uh, maybe catches the defense off guard. But this guy, Jacoby Myers, goes ahead and he kind of goes into, he called it after the game, he was like, he went into hero mode. And he's like, oh, I'm going to lateral it too. And he's about to get tackled. And he throws it backwards directly to a Raiders player who catches it, runs over the quarterback into the end zone for a touchdown. They lost the game. Yeah, and that that was the final play of the game. In a spectacular fashion. Yeah. (laughs) What, uh, what, what What do you make of all this? I think now we know why teams take a knee. 
I mean, yeah. clearly that, that was the worst, like well, one of the worst ways to lose of all time. Like an awful way to lose. It's better just to go into overtime. It's better just to go into overtime. Like you're on. Well, it, yeah, better than that. It wasn't like they were on the 30 yard line either. Like they were on like their own 30 yard line. They were not going to score, go 70 yards and score a touchdown. Like the risk was so much higher than the reward. There was no way they were going to score on that play. So I think. Doing any flips on that play was a bad, bad well, call. Uh, a lesson learned. Yeah, now they know. That's right. It might cost them a playoff spot. And then uh, the Jags topped the Cowboys. In oh, OT. I didn't see that. I don't have any clever headlines, but uh, the Cowboys, they also blew a little bit of a lead, but compared to the other leads this weekend, uh, it was nothing. But the Jaguars with the big upset victory Good for them. over the Cowboys. Uh, that was an exciting game too. So like, I mean, yeah. high scoring. You had a lot of upsets. Yeah, yeah. a lot of good upsets. The Browns even won. Hey. That's how you know hey. it's a crazy weekend. Are they still alive? Uh, they have like a one percent chance. I think I saw. Well, so. there's still it's a gone chance. up. So it's it's, gone it has. Up. I told you before it was 0.4, So now we're at one percent after right. that victory. We'll see what we are next week. That's a Christmas miracle. Yeah. Well, what a weekend <laughs> of football. And you know what? It's not even over. You still got more. We got Green Bay tonight against the Rams. Oh boy. The riot with Hudson and Nikki on Radio U. Radio U. Uh, the world's largest freestanding aquarium burst. Oh, was that the thing in Berlin? Yeah, it exploded, uh, basically. I was going to, I meant to see if there was like video of it. Yeah, that's what I want to. I want to see the moments that it happened. It must be awful because they say literally everything in the entire aquarium died. Uh-huh, 1,500 so, like, fish. That's that's some amazing like, that's a bad day Yeah, at the that, aquarium. And, and, like, I don't know if you're ever like this, but when you do go to aquariums, you're like, how is all that, like, held up? You know, like, how are they keeping this all together? And what well, happens if it, if it all goes down? And this, it actually took place. Uh, it's called the Aquadom Aquarium in Berlin. Is that a hotel, right? Uh, it's at a Radisson Hotel, it looks like. Nothing says... Radisson. Nothing like says the, like world's largest uh, uh, aquadom. Yeah. <laughs> like the Radisson in Germany. There's also a museum, cafes, and uh, all of that got a lot more wet on Friday morning when the aquarium burst. And they don't know at this point, they are not saying why they think this happened. Oh, they don't have not? a good idea of uh, of what they think went down. All they know is the aquarium split apart. All the water goes everywhere. Glass gets everywhere. Everything the fish dies. all die. And uh, needless to say, they've announced that Aquadom is closed until further notice. Is that a closed indefinitely? Yeah. You know, when they say that, I'm actually seeing footage of someone in the elevator filming the aftermath. Yeah. And it's so bad because, like, the outside of the elevator is all covered in water. Yeah, you <laughs> like can droplets. tell. Like, it it, it did the explosion it's where. It's gone, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, and, I mean, if you were on the first floor of that hotel, uh-huh. probably most of that stuff's gone, you gotta too. Be, uh, yeah, all your stuff is probably soaked in. And imagine the smell. Oh, the poor, oh, all the fish. Yeah. You think you get comped? 
at the hotel. Yeah. You know what? Believe it or not, I do think you get some sort of compensation. Yeah, probably, right? They might offer you like a breakfast or something. Uh, like a- no, I think the rooms are free. Uh-huh. I think they're paying for the things that got ruined if you were in a room. Uh-huh. Or emotional distress because, man, watching the entire aquarium, yeah. which you probably went to go see or at least stayed there to go well, see. I mean, you look at all the rooms and they all have windows that normally would be facing, like they're facing the courtyard or whatever. And the courtyard is the giant aquarium. They're gone. And uh, so, yeah, that's what you were there to look out at. And that was your view. And now your view is an exploded aquarium with no fish whatsoever, except all the dead ones on the ground. Um, and how do you even start cleaning that up? Well, I think you need a shovel. So yeah. you're going to have to clean hopefully that up. A, hopefully they have a drains in the floor. Oh, no, probably you not. Know, you can just push broom it and whatever, and you're good to go. Oh, people are like, this is why fish belong in the in the sea or in the oh, lake. Oh, yeah, because this happens <laughs> all the time. I mean, this was uh, obviously not something that they planned. Yeah, we well, can never have an aquarium again. So at uh, the Radisson this. in Berlin, the Aquadom, the uh, cylinder aquarium, uh-huh. uh, it burst and it's gone. Aquadom, 1,500 fish enter. No fish leave. Aww. Alive anyways. Yeah, imagine the meeting afterwards. Like, hey, what went wrong? <laughs> <laughs> what do we think happened? Yeah. You won't hear a show like this anywhere else. And that's probably for the best. The worst of the riot. Radio U. The box office recap. Is that what we decided on calling it? Yeah, that, I think that works. I wish it was something snappier. Listen, we have nothing else. So. Isaiah, you got anything snappier? It is what it is. No. No. That's the, this is the best <laughs> you can come with recap. But this is a weekend. It doesn't happen too often where we have a uh, our correspondent. A, that's right. <laughs> where someone we did do. something. Someone went to it. Someone uh, actually went and saw one of the movies we talk <laughs> we, about. We've had, a, we've had a good run. Nikki saw Violent Night. And that was it. And now and what have you done, Hudson? What have you been doing? I watch all the stuff. All the like oh, streaming okay. stuff. I do a lot of streaming. Uh, I've been keeping up on the streams is what I've been doing. Okay, so number one at the box office, no surprise, was the only major release of the weekend, and that is Avatar The Way of Water, the sequel. There really wasn't even a lot of streaming choices. No. Everybody was just kind of making way to see if Avatar would bring back the big box office theater weekend. Yeah, and Isaiah, before we we get into the numbers, the nitty-gritty, Isaiah, you went and saw Avatar The Way of Water. I did. Uh, And you liked the first one. I did. Yeah, so you were predisposed. Like, if somebody was going to like it, it'd probably be you. What'd you think? I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was really long. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's three hours long, which to be in a movie theater is a long time. Um, so it was it was long, but at the same time, I thought the I thought it was good. It was kind of hard to follow at some points because it's so long. Because it's so long, <laughs> but it was good, and it's like up my alley of like movies that I would like. Yeah. And so overall, I liked the movie. I mean, it wasn't as like incredibly breathtaking. I mean, as the first one, just because times have changed and the CGI, like we're used to it now, so yeah. it wasn't like blowing me away when I was in the theater. Uh, but overall, I thought it was a solid movie. You want to give it a rating? Mm. Out of 10. Out of 10? 
out of ten avatars. I'd give it like a, <laughs> like a seven point eight. It's pretty good. Wow, that's pretty high. Pretty good. Seven point seven seven. It's, uh, it's hard when a movie's so long, and it depends on like who is the director or like the editor and mm-hmm. stuff. Because a movie can be amazing even at three hours. Yeah. But sometimes it's just because the one people making it can't part with anything. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it feels like it just is stretched. Everything too much. they have to say and everything they have to film was so important yeah so three hours that could be you peter a Jackson. movie entirely about water how many bathroom breaks i, I didn't use any you didn't oh. go to the bathroom i didn't want to miss any of the action yeah. crazy? <laughs> three hours non-stop non-stop i was locked in well so sometimes we, with certain stories too if you go like you'll miss the whole thing it yeah. was pretty action-packed like throughout like it, it was a long movie but at the same time there's like Always something happening. There was never really like any downtime, it felt like. Uh, I got one more question before we talk about the numbers, and that is um, it's very clear there's already been other Avatar follow-up sequels that are in the works, right? So how egregious is the ending where, like, I hate when movies... When it's a movie, but then it ends, and you know that's not—it's not, it's not it's a satisfying ending because one. you know it's just going to go into the next movie. Did it actually? Was it actually a movie ending, or is this just a prequel to another Avatar movie? It was a movie ending, yeah. Okay, good. It that's, closed off a door okay. and then opened up kind of a new one. I'm happy to hear that. I so guess. for Avatar: The Way of Water, uh, even the one guy who made it, James Cameron, said, "Really, it has to make like two billion dollars for uh-huh. it to be a success." Mm-hmm. And I think they were a little disappointed in the North American box office yeah. for it, but the worldwide opening of The Way of Water was four hundred and thirty-five million. Yeah, which so they're almost a quarter of the way. They are, there. but. Uh, here it made only 134 million. Yeah. So a majority of that was made internationally. Isaiah, I'm sure you listened on uh, Friday to the show when you were out, and Nikki and I predicted it would make way more money. Than I that. know. Really? I picked like we, you guys thought something. it would make more money. I, well, I thought it's been a while for a big blockbuster. Yeah, but like I nobody thought, goes to the movie theater. Like nobody goes know, to movies. I thought I was you being. Did. And we, you know how many people were in there? Like twelve. <laughs> oh really? And like the people at my group made up like eight of the twelve people. So that are were you in saying that like the hundred and thirty-four million that it made? Is even less impressive because it's probably because it sold so many IMAX and 3D tickets that are even more expensive, right? Yeah, probably because wow. there's no one, nobody goes to the movie theater. Like that's not a thing that people do. People don't do that. Yeah, but this is a movie event. Yeah, but it doesn't You've matter. You gotta see it on like, the big back screen. In the day, when this one came it out won't back look in the, the day, same at home. When you went to the movie theater, there was times where it sold out. I promise you. You will not have to worry about a movie starting out for a very long time. It's not going. It's not going to happen anymore. Definitely not Avatar. Well, if no. anybody else saw it over the weekend, let us know if you liked it. You can text eight seven seven two radio u. So I'm sure they're excited about the international yeah. take on it, but I think. Um, locally, they're a little disappointed that Avatar did not make as much as they thought it would. I'm also seeing that even for internationally, that's on the low end of its expectations. So, uh, but they're hoping there's like the, I see a lot of people galaxy braining it going, well, there's no other big movies coming out for like two months. So this will probably make make like 50 million a week for two months. Yeah, sure it will. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Actually, yeah, we're more curious to see the drop after right. Christmas. Yeah, that'll be interesting. All right. Well, uh, Avatar, The Way of Water in theaters now.
Find more Riot content online. Riot.radiou.com. It is the Riot on Radio U, and this is this is our big day. Yay. This is our opportunity <laughs> to talk with Kevin from Disciple. Nice. Kevin, good wow. morning. Wow, I am so honored. It's your big day. Man, I mean, my uh, love language is words of affirmation, so we're starting it off right today. <laughs> Some are we excited are about Christmas. Right. We were excited about talking to you. You're making mm-hmm. our Christmas right mm-hmm. here. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Uh, talking of Christmas, before we get to all the Winter Jam stuff, because you guys are heading out on Winter Jam tour in the new year, I want to ask what... Are you doing for Christmas? What does a tender Tennessee Christmas look like in the <laughs> the young household? <laughs> well, I married a Kentucky girl, so I, I I usually travel to my parents' house to see the Tennessee Christmas, but I see a bunch of Kentucky Christmases now. Uh, but man, it I I don't know how it's necessarily any different than everybody else's. It's just tons of family. Uh, and being an artist, I don't see any of my, like, literally, that's the only time I see my uh, non-immediate family all year long is yeah. Yeah. Christmas and Thanksgiving. So, so it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of like, now, who's that again? <laughs> What's their name? In a nice way. Well, What's I mean, we just step? imagine with, you know, music being your life, like, do you guys go and just play the guitar the whole time, just strumming Christmas songs? Or is it really just nice to finally have a break from touring and from music? I never sing around my family. Never. I don't, uh, maybe, should I be offended? I don't don't know. No, yeah, no, there's no singing. There is, there's just, there's lots of, lots of family time. Lots of football on the TV as well, which is, nice. which is very important. Very, very important. Good. Now, what's your team yeah. then? What do you go for? Oh, dude, I, I don't want to get into that. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's like you just you just basically are like, yeah, what are you, predestination or free will, Kevin? What are we, you, you hell no. You're right. Um, it is. It can be controversial, eternal, and it's it's personal. Like, I. Yeah, I want to. I want to keep these fans. Now, I made a huge, uh, terrible, terrible decision years ago. Being from uh, around Knoxville, Tennessee, we didn't have a, a sports team in Knoxville except for the Tennessee Volunteers. I didn't know that you could cheer for a different team growing up in Knoxville. I didn't know that was an option. So I got stuck. With, I got stuck with the Orange team. So that there's that. But then pro, the, the closest team to me, Tennessee Titans weren't there yet because I'm really old. And uh, the Atlanta Falcons were the closest team to me. And so I, I made one of the worst decisions of my life of picking them. And um, it's not been great. Yeah. Been You've been great. taking it on the chin for the last, like, 20 years. Yeah. If I could go back and redo a lot of, of the mistakes that I've made in my life, I can't imagine that, you know, uh, being one I would leave out. I would definitely pick someone else. <laughs> well, you sure. can make that change anytime. You know, maybe uh, this is Kevin from it's Disciple. Too late for me. No, it's not. It's what about like, what about your new year and a new you, and you have a new team? I can't. I mean, you can't. Can you do that? Yes. Name someone who's done that. Give me examples. <laughs> of this You're right. You're right. And and I will I will consider it. I Otherwise, mean, I don't know. If you did switch to like Alabama, I don't think they would accept you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
Well, college is more of like a it's a it's more of a bloodline thing. Yeah, I don't that's think right. I can switch college, but uh, pro you should you should probably be able to switch pro. But I I it's too late for me. Maybe it's if like you I'm, maybe if you switch from the I'm Falcons, it would teach him a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> It's all right. (laughs) Well, Kevin with Disciple, Disciples joining Winter Jam. And I do think it works nicely, even though it's not their year, but like you're joining Andy Minio and so many others on Winter Jam. We talked to him a few weeks ago. He's still for the Packers, even though they're awful. And that's your team, too. Uh So, uh I mean, sometimes it's just not a good time. Yeah. We know what it's like to be a Falcons fan this year. Yeah, I don't know why I care so much. I really, every season I have this same conversation with myself that I'm going to get to the end of my life and really wish that I could have had all those days and hours back and done something, something more. It's like kind of, kind of like meeting a person as I get older, meeting a person who's not into sports. You know, I used to look at them and be like, what's wrong with you? And now I'm like, no, they had it. They yeah. had it the whole time. They did. They, they were had right. it the whole time. <laughs> They were right, and I was wrong. So, oh, you just heard me. You just heard my car tell me that I Well, again, this is Kevin from Disciple. He is joining Winter Jam. Disciple will be. And then for Radio U Ohio, that date is coming up on January 28th. Are you ready to join, like, such a big tour machine sort of thing? Are you guys all ready? Oh, yeah. We are so ready. Um, it's it's going to be a great time. We did it for a couple of weeks back in uh, 2014, and it was a, it was a blast. And um, we're really looking forward to it again. We've got a new album uh, coming out next year, a new single dropping around January 13th. And um, we're going to be playing a new song on the tour. And so we've just got so much going on right now. I, I'm in full full speed ahead disciple mode and 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 really excited about all the stuff that's happening it's gonna be a lot of fun man that sounds like a good time uh andy minio when we talked to him a while back was telling us that uh backstage and everything he's uh setting up pickleball tournaments and stuff like that are you ready for that's that? like the workout of the tour yeah are you gonna do any of that <laughs> stuff or are you gonna just stay away i oh i i'll do it i've never even seen pickleball or heard of it or i mean i've seen like commercials for the 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 tv show but i don't know i don't know how it works or anything but i i'm i'm sure that i will uh and 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 then my best why and he's gonna have to teach you i guess that's what life is is for me it's learning competition is it you know (laughs) you gotta win well, is there anything else you want to share with fans about uh, Winter Jam and then the new other, you know, Disciple stuff, like you mentioned, coming out with a new single, a new album, or are we just going to be excited and anticipate all the new stuff for the new year? You know, uh, I'm actually headed to the studio right now, and uh, I, I, I'm so excited about this this new album that we have coming out. My guitar player never lets me share the al- album title before, you know, the release, but it's, it's all happening really soon. And, um, it's one of those albums that we, we, as a band, we, we've actually keep listening to the songs because we enjoy them. Not, you know, cause nice. there's, this, there's this thing where, you know, where you work on a song so much, you get sick of it. Yeah. Uh, and, I know the songs are really good because we're all like very excited about them. And uh, so it's just a really, it's a really 
a really special time, you know. Uh, not every album is that way. Not every song is that way. Every, you know, you sometimes write songs you think are good and they're fine. But uh, I think we've, I think we've hit something special. And so it's really, really cool that we're, you know, God worked it out where we could be on Winter Jam while this album's coming out. So I think it's going to make it extra, super special. Create a lot of good memories. Uh, so it's a, it's a really fun time for us right now. All right. Uh, Gavin well, from you Disciple. Hear that, Mickey, he, uh, we came here thinking we were talking about Winter Jam, and we get to find out that there's All new the music new from Disciple. Stuff. It is it better is good. than Christmas. <laughs> well, Kevin, hang tight for us. We are so excited for you. Uh, hang tight one second, yeah. okay? Yes, your Christmas present will be anticipation. Thank yes. you very much. Right. It's there nice you that you came to this interview with a gift for us. We appreciate it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thanks, Anxiety. Kevin. Merry Anxiety. Christmas. It's the riot. Merry Christmas. We're not sure who behaves worse. The riot or their dogs. I don't even know how to behave like a real human being. The riot. Radio U. Now, uh, you guys have successfully avoided basically the entire World Cup, right? Um, you guys I didn't watched, watch a second, did you? No, I watched plenty of clips. And does that count? It, it does. Counts. It yeah. does. Okay. And man, TikTok had this little bug. I know. It wouldn't leave me oh, alone. You just have to click out of it. But yeah, it was, I was like, why does every video, this has nothing to do with the World Cup. Why are they... Why do they have that little sticker on there? Well, if you clicked on it, it would send you to the stuff. Uh, uh, so I watched plenty of clips that way. Oh, uh, so the, the the little sticker worked on you? Uh, no, it's just also my For You page had some. Mm, well, it knows what you want. What about you, Isaiah? Did you watch any World Cup? I watched the final. You oh, did? The finale. Yes. But I didn't watch in. the whole thing. It's so long. <laughs> yeah, I watched like the long. last 15 minutes. So no, wait. So the good it? stuff. You sat yeah. during Avatar. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh I was gonna I was gonna say I forgot kind of that the World Cup final was happening on Sunday morning. It was so early. It was very early and uh so then I got a little alert on my phone that Argentina was up to zero and I was like, Oh, I don't even need to watch. Big but mistake. I was wrong. I was wrong because then I got an alert that France had tied it up. Mm. Apparently two goals in one minute. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. Which, that's as exciting as, I mean, that's as many goals as soccer ever gets in it's one It's exciting, minute. but I feel like if you're not the exciting team, that can shake the other one. Yeah. yeah, big time. So from that point on, that was in the 81st minute. France tied it up. And uh, that was when I hopped on and I said, I got to see what, what's happening here. And uh, A little I mean, early. You hopped on a little early. I was a little early. I think so. When did you hop on? Not till extra time? Till 110. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I saw the two goals that made 3-3. Three three. Yeah, I guess you it's saw you as much do. excitement as you needed to. Uh, but, I mean, you're not a soccer fan. No. You obviously... You but know, I was on my feet. Yeah. It was pretty exciting. It Wasn't was. Wasn't it a penalty kick or something Yeah, there the was, they were penalty, penalty kicks. kicks. Yep, it was pretty nuts. And there was, in even in that last, like, what is that? 110, that means there was like 10, 15 minutes after that. Yeah, they ended the game kicks. at 120, then like again at 123. And, and, the, and then if you're not a soccer fan, get ready to hear it. Uh, explain this way for Argentina there's the one old soccer player guy who's like the Uh, best ever but never has won a world cup and then he finally got to win the world cup yeah that's that's all anybody wants to talk about is uh I don't even know if it's Lionel Lionel 
it's Messi. Yeah. Uh, who, of course, plays for Argentina. No, I mean, like, he all that's not the only. Sure. He also plays for. Yeah. Help me out here. I guy. don't know. Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah. Why are you Some team at in us? Europe. Why would you know? Why would you bring that up? Why, if you didn't know, I think he plays we would for know like Brus- that we would know. For like Brussels or real Kansas City. Oh, or either like way. That. Yeah. You know, I, like, I don't care about his, whatever his other team Lisbon is. Or something like that. Whatever his other team is that uh, nobody knows. Something the- in Europe. And uh, so he's he's won everything there is to win except a World Cup. And so that was like the everybody's on the edge of their seat. Is he going to finally like add this to his mantle, the most important trophy of all? Because they said he probably could never do that again. Yeah, he's getting up there in years. And uh, meanwhile, on France, they have the guy who like may be the other best player. Mbappe. Right? Mbappe, who I love just his name. An Great amazing name. haircut, too. Do you see his hair? Yeah, his hair's solid. His hair is awesome. And he is just, I mean, he was amazing. I don't know anything about soccer. He, he had a hat great. trick. It was like the first time ever in a World Cup game someone got a hat trick. Three yeah, goals. Hat trick, and he did something I really appreciate. He scored on penalty kicks. Ooh. Which is something that uh, every soccer woo, player should sounds do. Sounds like you're in Whoa! I just, uh, I don't know. I, it, okay, so an amazing game, and the problem is in soccer it all comes down to penalty kicks, which is just the dumbest thing. But they explain though, the commentators even said, because they knew people were going to say this, they said, they were like, this takes way more skill than you think. Like, this isn't just like a coin toss. Like, this is actually a skillful thing. And so, even before they started the penalty kicks, you could tell the commentators, because they know a bunch of people are watching the game, watch soccer, are like, this isn't like a coin toss. Like, just like to end the game, they were like, it's a skillful thing. I like that they have to explain that. <laughs> yeah, they have to. When you're because, watching football, because nobody has to explain. Yeah, it's, it's hard to throw and catch the ball. I when know, but they know a lot of new fans. Are yeah, just people are going to go online. End. Yeah, and just be like, that really ended on like a flip of a coin. Well, I mean, I don't even, it's just, it's not act the same as the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, and they scored an extra time. And again, that doesn't end the game, which doesn't make any sense. Anyways, it was exciting. Congratulations to Argentina. France deserved to lose because they couldn't. They, they kick the ball. How do you miss the net? Well, it Isn't just that happens. It's a big net. Just happens. Isn't that crazy? It's a big net. You're just standing there. All you need to do is hit, at least kick it at the net. The goalie's not going to stop you, and they still mess. That so shows what? how hard it is. World Cup is over, right? We're done. World Cup yes. is over. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about soccer again in four over. years. Uh, we'll see you then, guys. Yeah. <laughs> the Riot's x-rays just came in, and they all... Got that dog in them. Radio U. Okay, so uh, this is our annual thing that every time we have like a an outing like this. Any birthday lunch. We spend half the show at least looking at the menu, at least Nikki and I do, where we look at the menu. <laughs> to pick our food. <laughs> yeah. I, Isaiah, do you do this? Are you See, in on, or in on this with us? Or do you only do it because we're doing it? I only do it because you guys do it. Uh, because for me, like, I frequently go out to eat, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> that this, makes us sound lame. So, no, no, I'm not trying to make you guys sound lame, but at the same time, you know, I like the experience of being able to sit down there, not really know what you're getting when you show up, and you get to kind of like survey the menu, see everything for the first time. It's tough for me to know what I'm getting when I'm on the way there because sometimes you sit down in that chair and uh-huh. you, feel different. you smell well, the room, and then all of a sudden you're like, maybe I will go with the patty melt. Mm, 
Which yeah, is what I'm planning on going with. Oh, good choice. That was one I was considering seeing. Well, if you get it, I can't get it Why then. not? Because we can't get the same thing. You can. I don't no, think anybody cannot. else is going to get the don't patty don't sit near though. each other. Yeah, I don't want to get the same thing as you because then I won't, we'll have like the same reveal. Then we can't share bites. Yeah, exactly. I don't get to try <laughs> two things. And, I, and before you guys are like, wow, that's really lame of you because we're looking at the menu this morning, mm-hmm. I want to let you know how worse it is. We looked at the menu a ton last week. We did. <laughs> We've so been looking for days. Today, it was many times this past week. Now, let me tell you my dilemma. This is the problem with me looking at the menu. I know if I went uh, at like at just blind, I mean, we've been to this place several times before, which means I have a, an order that I know that I like. Yeah. And so if we just went and I hadn't looked at the menu ahead of time, I would just go with that and it'd be simple. It'd be a done deal and I'd be happy. But because I keep looking at the menu, I'm like, oh, but what if I want to try something different? You're changing your mind. And so now I actually have decision paralysis where I've got like, instead of just the one thing that I know I would normally get, I've got like three things I'm juggling in my mind. One of them is the patty melt that I don't normally get, but I'm like, maybe it's time to switch it up today. But you need the other hamburger that you're putting the egg on. You need that. Well, I yeah, can put I want an you egg to get on the any egg. burger. Well, don't get the patty melt because I've already called it. I've well, already. if I get a patty melt with an egg, it'll be different. Oh. Yeah, but it's the same thing, though. You can't order what I'm ordering. I already called it. It's different. It's different, though. Now, wait, are and you how would fries you get or it? onion rings? Fries. Fries, okay. Actually, yeah. I don't know because I don't like their ketchup. Mm. So if I get fries, then I'm going to have to dip it in something other than ketchup. And I don't particularly like their barbecue sauce either, mm. which I learned last time. See, that Guys, was the other thing I was thinking about is the honey what are we gonna do? barbecue That burger. could be good. Mm. That feels like a lot. That's got burgers, two, pa- two patties and pulled pork. And bacon on it. And, and a couple Which other one's things. that again? Add the egg. The And an egg. On <laughs> a Chipotle barbecue. Dang, that sounds kind of good. Maybe Doesn't I'll switch mine to that. Doesn't sound really good. But you said all those things. I said I like all those. So a lot. basically, everybody's going to snipe each other's uh, menu orders. Yes. Oh. Uh, but does anybody else, when you have a you know a, a lunch or a dinner planned, mm-hmm. is it purely because we don't go out too often and we're just oh, so I excited? I go out a lot. You don't How go out oft- a lot? How often are you eating? Now, mm, what do you count eating out? Eating out anything like sitting down, sitting, sitting down, going yes. into the place, going to McDonald's is not eating out. That's correct. Uh, okay, like a, a time or two a month, probably like three In times a, a month. Yeah, okay. a time or two uh-huh. a month. I went to, uh, yeah, I was out last weekend. I went no, out. I'm saying that's like a low, low, low that's number. Low? I think so. For well, me, not all of us are Mr. Moneybags like you. <laughs> well, I mean, I just, I feel, I thought for sure you were going to say higher than that. No, no. for sure go out more than we that. We should stop while we're ahead because we will just sound worse and worse. <laughs> like, I, I totally went out before Thanksgiving. I guys. thought he was going to say a time or two a week. I did not uh, no. think he was going to say well, a time or two yeah, a month. Like if you count Popeyes and McDonald's, then yeah. No, we're not. Yeah. I go out like four times that. a week. But <laughs> if we're ta- talking sit down where I have to tip, then yeah, like. Three times a month, maybe. Dang, that's wild. Wow. I, I don't have a response. I just, <laughs> again, we don't all have money to throw around like you over there. And we know I went to solo it. show over here. <laughs> I just have to take care of myself. Add a little riot to your Instagram feed. Follow at Radio U Official. The Riot. Radio U. Uh, it is, it's relationship season, wouldn't you say? Yeah, like I mean, this is uh, 
You might not want to launch into a new relationship right now. We've covered that extensively, that you don't want to get serious, especially this late in the game. But this is the time uh, where a ton of relationships become a lot more serious. You're meeting the family for the first time. Maybe you're even thinking about popping the question. Maybe that's going down. Sometime between now and Valentine's Day is the big time for that. And so wouldn't you like to know the best places to propose according to marriage experts? No pressure. Yeah. (laughs) But But you want to know at a time. If you really want to go above and beyond and uh, start your journey to marriage on the best foot possible, this is what marriage experts say are the best places to propose. Uh, Starting with number one, the Bow Bridge in Central Park in New York City. Aww. Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> that feels like a summertime spot, though, right? That does. Yeah, That'd be yeah. awfully cold if you I'm had to looking do at that. these pictures. This is definitely a summertime thing, but top, top place to propose out of all the places you could propose? I don't know about that. Well, now, I didn't think it was this sort of list. I thought you'd be like, uh, you know, at your local restaurant. So now this means yeah. top places to propose while you're taking a trip. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> yeah. If when you you're want. on vacation. Yeah. Well, if your marriage proposal doesn't, like, you got to maximize the Instagram likes. You're never going to get a better a better opportunity for Instagram likes than this. So you got to propose in the best place possible. So they say instead of the Empire State Building, if you're in New York, you go to the Bow Bridge because it'll be less crowded with tourists. All right. Number two, Hamilton Island in Australia. I've never even heard of Hamilton Well, now that's a bigger trip. Yeah. (laughs) And the people in these pictures of... They must be on their like third marriage. Oh, it but looks look, like. oh, because they're older. You're so mean. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're so mean. A destination wedding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it is summer there, so that would be nice. Yeah. Uh, th- yeah, that sounds, I mean, it looks very picturesque. I mean, kind of just your generic island. So I would go, I mean, any island, uh, many islands, not any island. Uh, number three. This is the obvious one, right? When you think of romantic marriage proposal, you think Paris, France. Yeah, the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, that's setting some high expectations. Even though I've heard the rest of Paris is getting rough. Like, it's just not as maybe Instagrammable. Okay. Uh, But you go to the Eiffel Tower and you you can propose there. Yeah, the Champs-Élysées. Yeah, that's... That was at your French, like... I did go into that, (laughs) did it? Uh, Okay, number four... Venice, Italy. I like this one. That wouldn't have jumped to mind immediately, but that makes a lot of sense. Because the gondola stuff? It's just, Italy is just so romantic, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's, again, because I just finished watching White Lotus. Is there, but... is there anything more economical? Or yeah, or like this isn't trippy? realistic. <laughs> what? These are the best places. Okay, Yeah, you know... but nobody can actually go to these places and do this. Well, then how come there's people in these pictures right here? That's stock photos. Yeah, that's who it's these on people. Instagram. <laughs> it's on like Instagram. All right, I think it just else? depends on your style, you know, because some people like what, like some, there's girls out there that this is like their dream, so they'd be proposed to it, like Venice, Italy, but like realistically, that's like meaningless to you and your partner. Like that's not a place that has any meaning to you. I think you. it would have meaning if you took them there yeah, but like, and proposed. I mean, it would have meaning then, but like a lot of times, like you would, you would go somewhere, maybe that was a really special moment for the two of you, oh, like the true. first time that you guys like kissed. 
kiss or the first time you were on a date, like places like that, I feel like are a little bit more sentimental. Because if not, imagine going to Australia. You need to pick a place that you can afford to go back often because you know that she's going to be like, let's go back mm, to where you yes. proposed. And if you're like, I can't afford Australia again, then you can never go back. Yeah, but what if it doesn't work out and then you drive by that donut shop every day? You're like, this is where we had our first kiss and we got engaged here (laughs) and now it's all over and I can never go to this donut shop Well, you're going to have to get over it like a big boy, all right? (laughs) Just like everybody else does. Uh, The last one is St. Lucia. Which, where is that? Uh, It's it's an island. Okay. Uh, In the the Lucia area. Did you... (laughs) Did you see, like, the setup for this article, though? It is brutal on dudes. The, uh, it says that uh, most American women hope to marry. This is from Cornell University. Hope to marry, but courage shortages of marriageable men, Ooh. men with a stable job and good income, make this increasingly difficult. Aww. What a wild thing to write. It Who's also says this? marriage is Stephanie still... Stephanie is, and let me tell you, yes. Stephanie's been burned. Yeah. Clearly. It also <laughs> says marriage is still based on love, but it is also a fundamentally economic transaction. Many young men today have little to bring to the marriage bargain. Ouch. Oh what? Gosh. <laughs> Jeez, that's Jeez. Cornell like, University, take it easy on us. I feel like um, someone has just broken up with her. So. Yeah, sounds yeah. like it. She just Jeez. broke up with somebody because he was do- going nowhere in oh, life. Oh, no, no. That hurt right there. That's someone breaking up with her. You know what it is? Maybe at the Eiffel Tower. That's a dude that got broken up with. Could be. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, we don't, us men, we don't have anything to bring to the table. We got no jobs, we got no nothing. Uh, that was for sure a girl that wrote this, right? There's no way this, so? there's no, yeah, it was her name's by Stephanie. Her name's by Stephanie. Yeah. There's no way a guy would write that line. There's a 0% chance he would She's say. She's quoting Cornell University. Um, She's, there's, that's a wild thing for a, a man to say. I would for I mean, sure be a, a girl's line. That's Ivy League right there. <laughs> they, um, that's uh, mean They Ivy know what League. they're talking about. Well, I don't know if you uh, take anything from that. Uh-huh. Um, you know, you could. There's five possible spots for you. Get it and get a job. And to pay a for a stable all job, yep, a stable exactly. income. Hudson and Isaiah seem like they know a lot about sports, yet somehow it's Nikki that always gets it right. The Riot Radio U. Uh, okay, I've got a great question here. Uh, this is basically, <laughs> I guess it's the New York Post. They have Go To Greg, which is like Dear Abby or whatever. Oh, okay. Like when you go for advice. Yeah. And uh, someone asked Go To Greg. They asked. They thought they really came up with something with that, yeah, by the way. <laughs> uh, they asked, uh, I'm about to get my year-end bonus. Everybody's about to get their, you know. Some people call it a Christmas bonus. Some people just say it's a year-end bonus. You're about to get your bonus. And uh, as soon as they get their bonus, like they're waiting to get their bonus before they quit quit their job, they're going to move on. And so the person is asking, how long do you have to wait after you get your bonus at the end of the year before you're like okay to quit? That's a good question. And what is the answer? Well, we, I think it's kind of feels more like, you know, if you break up with someone, uh-huh. like how far after the holidays should you mm-hmm. let it go? Because you don't want to break up with someone now. On their birthday. Yeah. Like, or are you, you're going to get too close to Valentine's Day. So like for your job, 
you don't want to, you know, let it, um, I don't know, mm. go too long, uh-huh. too early. <laughs> what do you think? So I don't know what your answer is. I don't have an answer. <laughs> I don't have an answer. Oh, I've got an answer. You do do you? <laughs> I, I think you that you need to wait two weeks. Two, two weeks? weeks, huh? Yeah. So like I think, in January, two I weeks? I think January, around January 14th or so. Okay. I think Martin you're solid King to go. Day. Even one week. I think as long as you get through that first week. You don't want to do the initial first week because everyone's still like getting back into the, the hang of things after the holidays. Everybody's upset that you know the, the new year's already started and you know you're going to be working for a while. I think the... The new year, about a weekend, you're good to go. But then you could um, also blame it on, like, you came up with some resolutions. You're trying oh, to create yeah. a new thing. And it's not your business. It's like it's not the company. It's uh-huh. you, and you're trying for something else. Yeah. Because you don't want to make them too mad, because then if you need their You referral, might need the reference, yeah. <laughs> yep, if you want that uh, going forward in your career. I think uh, I think it depends. I think, uh, which is the answer to everything, but I think it depends. (laughs) I think that, uh, like, if you've made up your mind, you know you're out of there, and you've just been waiting it out to get, like, that holiday bonus, and then you're fine, like, whatever happens after that point, just go ahead. Do it, like, day after. Go ahead. You think January 1st? No, I mean, like, like, uh, if you got your bonus, like, this past weekend or something. You're mm, out. Yeah, quit today. Well, Go ahead a, if you want to. That's, that's a up to bold you. Move. Well, you said it's like uh, <laughs> the day like, after seems kind of like spiteful. That's a bit much. Yeah, You've been but waiting. the uh, the company. Here's the important thing about the company you have to remember: it doesn't have feelings. <laughs> it's not gonna, and they wouldn't have feelings if they were firing you. So but you're able to get out of there. And it depends because some companies, like we're saying, do you give two weeks? You yeah. Know, or oh, yeah. That I would. If you're giving two weeks, definitely. But then some companies, you're hurting their feelings so much that they're just going to let you go right then and there. Well, that mm-hmm. sounds great. And then it? they're going to just take back your. You're going to leave gift. anyways. <laughs> you're going to leave yeah, anyways. Do you do you think you risk getting the the Christmas bonus revoked? What mm. are they going to stop the check? They could just take it back. If you you have to actually once you have it in in your account. Then you're good to go. Okay, no, wait. Opinion. Okay, here's my last thought on this. Uh-huh. Maybe you should wait till your last paycheck clears yeah. or deposits into your account. Because what if they then decided to take your bonus out of your check? Yeah. They could do that too. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I, that would be pretty egregious. Even though your it? Christmas stuff is supposed to be reflective of your year before. If so. you're suspicious of your company doing that to you, that's all the more reason to quit <laughs> ASAP. Yeah, but you don't want to leave before you can get all the money you want out of them. You for true. sure you want to stick it out. What's a one more week? No one's, let me tell you this, nobody's working worth anything yeah, right now anyway. that's true. Like, what do you do in between January 25th in the new year. Yeah, you're Absolutely right. nothing, and your boss expects hey, you to do absolutely you're nothing. you're coming in some of that. Well, I'm working <laughs> some of those days. I'm working. I'll be here. I'll be in the building. No, but you're right. I mean, I'm not saying you have to quit right after, but you're right. Uh, it, you're not going to get any work done anyways. You can totally phone it in those weeks. Especially if you're like working from home or something, give oh, it a few you're days. Working from home, give it a few days uh, until into the new year. But if you have a good, compelling reason that you don't want to be obligated to, maybe you want to take a Christmas vacation and you don't have enough vacation days. Just in then, you were just holding out for that bonus. Go ahead and quit. Although if that's the case, you probably already had this planned out anyway. So it, there's a lot. I mean, it just depends on everybody's yeah. situation. I'm just saying, don't worry about the company because they aren't worried about you. Generally, it's the devil wears Prada. Generally. 
You just heard the worst of the worst. We'd give you the best of the best, but we'd have to find that. As soon as we do, you'll be the first to know. Audio Jungle.